4: This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes.
5: All right. Yeah, I know.
6: Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the posher washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. Hello, Dumpty Dummers. Cat Brown here. If you found life in Ambridge a bit stressful of late, a bit lacking in,
7: baking competitions and double entendre that don't involve Lillian entering her gentleman's buttonhole, as excellent as that was, then may I make a very polite suggestion. Search for Soggy Bottoms in your podcasting toolkit and you'll head over to a Great British Bake Off fan podcast. In our latest episode, we interview Anna Dragorin herself, actress Anne Isabel Middleton, about that storyline And her love of buns. So, if that sounds tempting, add us to your iTunes playlist. Even if we moulder away there like that Nutribullet you bought in 2014, we'll still love you very much. Especially if you call in via Speakpipe. Your marks, get set, speak.
8: Dumpty, 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 dumpty. dum <Ming> I'd ti dum to say I'm about to give everybody wonderful life-changing news once again ti dum ti dum ti dum ti dum ti dum ti dum it's dum ti 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 dum Yes, yeah, so Oliver, are you Jesus Christ? Are you the saviour of everyone in Ambridge? Well, not everyone, but uh, just the Grundy. How many times? How much more? But it was worth it, wasn't it? Because um, old uh, Chief Grundy himself uh, was uh, just blown away. Blown away with joy. It was almost worth it just for the, the, the sheer joy of Joe's voice. Um, match with William's sliding decay and, and and hatred of his father but you know what what would the archers be unless the grundies were killing each other or hating each other but yes just quickly quickly back to um rob um helen helen what's he going to do next i'm telling you right right now that there is going to be some explosion either with his fists uh with a gun with a knife oh knife again uh geez louise i think it's going to be god darn amazing whatever happens it's going to be big someone's gonna die here i i'm thinking uh maybe some revenge on anna tregoran um but i don't want that because she's lovely but yeah just just quickly before i go back to the, the, the weeds and and the dogs Lo- loving it loving last week's pod uh, well well done chaparoos uh can't wait for next next week's on bus i just think personally it's all gonna end terribly badly for the archers i mean helen that is someone's gonna die anyway it's probably gonna be rough basically but anyway bye-bye and thanks for dum dum and thanks for everything and uh, back to the weeds i go
1: this is DumDy Dum, the show about the reality darky drama that's centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands. I'm the naked breakfast chef that is Royfield Brown and with me have the scorched pop tart that is...
2: Lucy Freeman.
1: And the last part of our Brekkie Bonanza folks is you. Now, today's DumDe Dum comes from Pam Crookshank and the assorted snowdrop potters of Shaftesbury, who spent Friday night preparing for the Shaftesbury Snowdrop Festival in February 27th. Wait a minute... They were pe- preparing for a festival in February. They have like... to
2: plant the snowdrops, you wally. They don't, you don't go and buy them from a florist, do you?
1: What do you mean you plant a snowdrop? Don't they fall from the sky? Yes, Roy Feld. Uh, seriously, I don't know what I'm reading here. I've
2: flowers, no... <laughs> snowdrop flowers. Don't you know what they are? No. Are you kidding me? I have no idea. What They're any... little white flowers that come out in February. What, and they only grow in Shaftesbury? What?
1: <laughs> the Shaftesbury Snowdrop Festival. Shaftesbury is a place in Dorset. That and... I know, I've been uh, uh, there. It's very right. pretty.
2: Yes, especially in February when all the snowdrops are out. So pretty in fact that Shaftesbury has created its own snowdrop festival. But you have to plant the snowdrops before, otherwise they won't be flowering in February. But so don't they? they up in but, bulbs. but wait a minute, don't they just regrow every year? No.
1: I'm confused
2: They pop them up and leave them in nice places To make it all look pretty But
1: why don't they regrow back From the place they planted them last year?
2: Because some bulbs only last a few years They don't go on and on forever Gosh You know who we're going to have ringing in next week, don't we? My bloody mother, who's gonna knows all about snowdrops and will leave us twenty five minute <laughs> message explaining well, exactly... that
1: would be awesome. Because I've <laughs> I love your mum. She called in that one time.
2: No, she didn't.
1: Yeah, she did. She didn't. That
2: was my friend Barbara.
1: Oh, who got it all muddled. Oh, okay. Yes, that's Barbara. Well, isn't, it wasn't Barbara a friend of your mum's though. No. Oh, okay. Then your sister emailed me yeah. about a week ago. Did she, she? She said, "I'm the Freeman that you like." <laughs> <laughs> she wasn't wrong, though She wasn't wrong.
2: What does she mind you
1: about? Uh, mind your own beeswax. Between Anyway, um, now you've uh kind of cleared up the whole Shaftesbury Snowdrop Festival, February two thousand and seventeen thing. Um, oh, by the way, uh, Shaftesbury people, thank you for your dum-dum. Um, now, uh, if somebody else wants to send us a dum Lucy or tell us about this snowdrop festival are there any other snowdrop festivals
2: in the uk i don't know it's a lovely thing to do though i hope there are you know what
1: this is just too tweet and too english
2: i know it's too pretty. yeah i know people people in in we've one of the women that rang in today mm. is a farmer from tasmania she's gonna be listening <laughs> to this thinking what the bloody hell are they all about
1: absolutely absolutely but right if you're a farmer from tasmania or maybe you're a rancher from Patagonia. Or maybe you're a, a warlord from Mongolia and you want to send us a dumpty dum, Lucy. How can they do that?
2: Um, if you'd like to sing us a dumpty dum, give us a plot prediction or shout, get off my land, when someone has sex with your daughter, then ring us on 203 0203- <laughs> or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to Cosmo for his podcast roundups. To Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. And to Derek for alone in the back bedroom. Derek is knackered as he's done an enormously long charity ride, which uh, bike ride, which I think probably people know about because we posted it on the Twitters. Yes. Um, he says he is shocked at the doping in cycling scandal uh, that's currently affecting uh, Bradley Wiggins at the moment. And he says that he wants to reassure everyone that the most he's ever done before a charity cycle is have a good hard suck on a fisherman's friend.
1: That's really naughty.
2: On with the call. Innuendo
1: abounds We're... on this podcast, Lucy. Does. Mm.
2: And calls, of which we have 27 gajillion. We at do. Last...
1: I actually thought the number had gone down a little, but you're telling me it hasn't.
2: Uh, you've forgotten all the messages. Oh, that's true. That's true.
1: Right. On this week's episode, we have calls from William, who thinks Oliver is God. Claire from and Clapham. Can I just say
2: that William is my new favourite caller in the in the world. I love William. Do you remember? Right, he's you... replaced everybody. Andrew uh, Horne, ex Dormouse, whole lot. Really? Yep. Why? I don't know. He's just great. He's really funny. Don't you think? You and should he's a really. And he's got a dog, and he's out in the rain, and he just sounds nice.
1: Claire from Clapham who wants to know why Lewis isn't dead yet. Yokel Bear, who's threatening to lose his shit. Rachel who thinks Dr Locke dresses like a geography teacher. Auntie Jean who spotted uh, Auntie Jean who's sporting a gentleman's buttonhole. Leslie wants to hear from Susan. Jan from Cannes who's arguing with Royford Eh? Yeah. No, Jan, don't argue with me. I, I love her.
2: That's really, really... It's because I love you. That's, that's why I'm arguing with you. Oh, OK. Era. No,
1: that's true. That's a critical friend, isn't
2: it? Yes.
1: OK. There's a circle of love between us, Jan. So, actually, I know that Not you're... in a
2: Rob sort of way? A nice circle of love. Oh, yeah.
1: Yes. Absolutely. Lady Garth who feels sorry for Ursula. Oh, gosh. Mm.
2: I know. A bit of a contentious call, that one.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I'll tell you what, there's a contentious comment on, on, on Facebook. But I'll come, to, I'll come to that later. Okay. You know, I wanted to respond and I thought, no, because the the whole world might just fall in on me head. <laughs> Ellen, who has a Titchy Nod prediction. Christina, who has a Frere Brethren prediction. Everyone's got predictions. Chris, who's got a Joe prediction. Glyn, who thinks Roy may be deaf. I'm going to say that again. Glyn, who minks... Ah, uh, who minks? Glyn, who thinks Roy may be deaf. Bye, bye. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Bye-bye, bye-bye, bye Steve, who's grumpy. Andrew Horne, who's standing up for the script writers. Witherspoon, who thinks he's heard the word of God. Sam Dean, who's relieved everyone's home. Claire from Clapham, who's still wondering where everybody's gone. Bill, who thinks he's been toyed with. Andrew White, who's a Charlie. Fiona, who thinks everyone's stupid. And Debs, who wants to know what the social worker's playing at but first, before the multitude of caller rows, it's Lucy Juicy Freeman's Week in Ambridge.
2: We started the week with Helen in Bridge Farm. Let's just let that sink in for a little bit. Excellent. My (laughs) favourite sound effect of the week was the satisfying clunk of the door shutting in Rob's face. (laughs) Pat has finally found her cojones and Rob, quite frankly, is being punished enough by having to share the house with Ursula. Titchinob attended the family court and said, but I am the best father in the world. Definitely. I was voted father of the year 14 times in a row and I am myself the greatest man in the world. So I should look after both children. Definitely. Anyway, she can't have them because she gets her hair cut sometimes, which shows she is evil and not as good as me. He's so delusional. He makes Geoffrey Archer look like a harsh realist. Lillian announced her intention of entering her gentleman's buttonhole. And Ian announced how annoyed he was that Adam had been entering lots of other gentlemen's buttonholes. Adam was. Oh, (laughs) Lucy. Adam was cringily nice to Ian, who was concerned about his roving eye. It wasn't just his eye that was roving, Ian, (laughs) but I'm sure you'll find that out at some point. William finally cottoned on to the fact that little Georgie had been accompanying Eddie on his foraging expeditions. William stabbed about and his vowels went all peculiar, which is always a sign that he's overwrought. <laughs> we had a weird little exchange in which three generations of the same family, Joe, William and George, all talked to each other in entirely different accents from entirely different parts of Britain. But we got the gist. William is furious. George has yet to learn when to shut up. And Eddie's a bloody idiot. <laughs> Caroline would not stop talking about securing Tuscany. What, all of it? She's starting to sound like Mussolini. Oliver sounded as if he'd much rather sit in a bungalow in Penny Hasset, watching Cash in the Attic and buying car cleaning kits off QVC, not swanning about Italy in a Panama hat looking at Etruscan ruins. However, the decision was made for him. Joe did a spin job on Oliver unparalleled since Alistair Campbell's weapons of mass destruction. Joe's actual weapons of mass destruction, as we know, are his underpants, but he's managed to convince Oliver that he will spontaneously combust the second the new owners move into Grange Farm. Fortunately, there aren't any new owners, as understandably, no one wants to live in a tributary of the River Am which is what Grange Farm has recently become, due to either A, the loss of a sycamore tree, B, Stefan Bungin at the culvert, or C, the well-known Grange Farm Spring, depending on which internet rumour you believe. They tried selling it, riverside dwelling, would suit otter, or small wading bird, but it didn't happen. And Oliver fell for it all, much to Caroline's lemon-sucking annoyance. So the Grundies are staying. Mm Mm-hmm. To no one's surprise whatsoever, Kirsty and Tom got it together, which Kirsty sensibly described as a release of tension and no big deal. And Tom described as, <laughs> There was more of that sort of thing over at Rickyard where Josh walked in and found a naked Toby waving his golden grahams around in the kitchen. Nobody (laughs) cooks breakfast naked. If you're a woman in a rom-com, then you put on the shirt of the man you spent the night with, which amazingly A, fits, and B, doesn't smell of PO. And if you're a man in a comedy, you put on the woman's (laughs) frilly dressing gown for amusingness purposes. And if you're in a gritty drama, then you wear a T-shirt and pants. Nobody cooks in the nip in a strange kitchen because fat spits, crumbs itch, and dogs can be far too interested in the things that dangle about.
9: <laughs> Josh
2: astonishingly failed to dob his sister in immediately and waited a courteous five minutes before <laughs> posting <laughs> it to the Echo. Meanwhile, we need to say goodbye this week. Goodbye to a man to whom we all have a debt of honour, uh, a man we probably may not uh, hear of again. He steered us through the recent traumatic events with great skill, and although we all had our doubts, me in particular, he got us there in the end and we'll miss him greatly. Judge Loomis, we salute you. The end. Oh, that was really good. I actually did enjoy that this week.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well done, Lucy. <laughs> so, of course, I have to pull you up on some of yes, your references.
2: I, I know what you're going to say. What now am I going to say? You're going to say
1: mm.
2: uh, Mussolini in Tuscany.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely.
2: I, I heard you go <gasps> when I said it. <laughs> here we go here we go so I sped up so you couldn't get in it's like when you are in a line of traffic and someone's trying to come in from the left and you think no you're a bugger you're not coming in that's what I did well you know I you
1: know me I love me a bit of Italy and especially Italian history but if you're going to secure Tuscany surely you're talking about Count Cavour the Sardinian Prime Minister and King Victor Emmanuel well duh I mean
2: of course I am absolutely You know
1: was like come on Lucy this is this is like, you know, this is like simple stuff. Yep. You know. Sorry.
2: Now, if you'd have said something like... let myself like, down. I've let the school down.
1: I'll tell you, there's going to be Italian dumdy dum listeners appalled with what you just said back then. But you anyway... what
2: have got an Italian dum-de-dum listeners. <laughs> I oh, know. <laughs> Not. It's about, it's about the only
1: place that we don't have any. <laughs> there you go.
2: So I can say it. I can say willy nilly because I can get all my Italian history wrong because nobody listens from Italy.
1: Talking about willy nilly, I, I did. I did like t- your little line I... about cooking cooking in the nip there because yeah, <laughs> and, and dogs being interested in things that dangle. Just...
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not good. Nobody does it. It's just just. It's unhy- There's something unhygienic about it. There's mm. you know.
1: I, I listen. I, I couldn't agree with you more couldn't agree with you more however it was a funny episode it was a funny incident in that yeah. in that episode yeah. and uh yeah and um I, I i i heartily enjoyed it though you know what he's a little bit of a shit isn't he that little archer
2: he really is i was just you know, about to say he's a i digly, quite like, like him pleasant, no i
1: like him <laughs>
2: oh. <laughs> but flogging his laptop and saying well it's mine and you know mm. and he ha- and they just bought it for him and everything right.
1: no 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 bang out of order there but I do like the way they're setting up the kind of the sibling rivalry between yeah. Him, yeah, him and his sis. And we are starting, they're, they're now starting to be well-defined, yeah. um, you know, Brooker's archers, which, which is uh, all to the good as far as I'm concerned.
2: My favourite bit, though, was Judge Loomis's summing up where he basically said to Rob, you're a massive shit. <laughs> 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 I don't know why you even bothered coming here because you deserve... Nothing. And I've listened to it twice and I'm planning on listening to it again later. And it's like the bit in Pride and Prejudice when Elizabeth Bennett suddenly loses it with Lady Catherine de Bourgh and says, You evil old cow, why do you think I'd even be bothered? And And when uh, Lucia Pilsen has a go at everyone outside church in Mapanuchia and they've been horrible to her. It's one of those moments in, in literature when somebody, you're just cheering. You're just mm. cheering, and and if you are are in a situation where you can't you you've been unjustly treated and you can't do anything, it's tremendously cathartic to listen to those things or read those things again because it, it gets you all. It sort of restores the balance. You think, yes, everyone, everything is now right. And yes, I have loved this week. Loved, loved, loved it. No, me too though you do get
1: a slight sense of things being tied up with undue haste after you know so we've had two and a (laughs) half years of slow turgid whatever then all of a sudden in a week it's all gone it's all gone (laughs) everybody's fine um though something occurred to me uh and i must admit um, I'm slightly fast-forwarding to uh, yesterday's episode, which I know generally we don't talk about Sundays, but but I have to in this context, in that something occurred to me that we've all missed something here. So we've had two and a half years of unrelenting bad news for the Grundies. Yeah. Because actually, Sean O'Connor wanted them to be restored back to their traditional home. That was the whole point of Silly Elf World. It was to remind yeah. us of, of the the nonsense storylines yeah. of the eighties and the nineties. Yeah. That was the point of all of um, Ed's bad luck, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, to have this quick quick turnabout. Hey, we're we're all back home. You know that that was the whole point of it. And so, as a lover of the Grundies, and I know not all listeners are though I, I worry about the sanity of a, a listener of the Archies who's not a fan of the Grundys. Um, apart from Glyn Fullerlove, because I've got a lot of love for Mr. Fuller Love, and I respect him, I respect no, him bye-bye, greatly. No, but
2: but Steve doesn't like the Grundys, but he's mad as a box of frogs. Yeah, <laughs>
1: Steve. Yeah, yeah, mate. I've got words. Because you'll cool call later on. Ooh, ooh. Yeah, but yeah. anyway. But, yes. But anyway, so I'm just about... I'm going to say on balance... I'm going to let Mr. O'Connor off again with the Grundys because at least he said, well, I'm going to just put them back uh, where they should have always been. So, um, so yes. So we've had the whole Helen storyline for two and a half years. And actually, the, the subplot has been the Grundys, of which I think we all kind of really missed, you know. So, But and then you realise, oh, you know, they're all back and Joe's 95 and he's happy. That yeah. was the point of all those, you know, all those yeah. bad luck stories. But anyway... Anyway, uh, Luz, mm. uh shall we hit those phone lines because we've got yes. a lot to get through?
10: All right.
2: Hello, Ambridge 3962. Who's first? Lovely William.
1: <laughs> right, uh, so... I'm, I'm going to leave you to answer William because you're having a bit of a love thing with him, aren't you? Uh, yeah,
2: I am having okay. a bit of a love thing
8: with William. I just want to make a very quick statement here. Why does anybody in their right mind, why would anybody want um, the archers to return to the uh, elf kingdom, uh, elf world nonsense um, that sort of not necessarily uh, plagues my mind? But it kind of upsets the, uh, the flow and the natural drama of the Arches. I get it. We all need that little bit of, you know, Ha, you know, Eddie the Grundy madness. Um, but it's kind of like grating against the backdrop of, of Robin Helen. I want Robin Helen to carry on. Bruce and Ursula, my God, they need to carry on for like at least another six months, tearing each other apart. You know, that's like a case on the side of a case. It's fantastic. Um, Bring it on, man! Bring it on! I, I think more, more's the merrier, and, and as, long, as long as it doesn't descend into com, in complete madness. But I think, a, a, you know, a, a vaguely prot- protracted decay um, and exposure of Rob, especially with this, the flood. Uh, bring back Charlie to expose it, and uh, that uh, the European chap that was sacked uh, as well by Rob. Bring it down! I want to see that man destroyed. Helen, Helen. I'm there for you now. What was that he said to her? Absolute madness. I still, I, I still can't take my eyes off you. Bring
2: it on, man.
8: Okay, over and out. William from uh, South London. I'm a gardener
2: in the rain.
8: Oh goodness. Okay.
2: Bye bye. Who? He says who would want to go back to um to the flower and produce show and all that with Rob and Ursula? Do we think that Ursula and Bruce are going to hang around? What do you reckon?
1: I suppose this is all slightly at the largesse of, of the new editor. And, and, and who knows? Because the way that everything's been um, so dealt with so quickly last week, you're all, you're tempted to say no. Uh, there should be no space for Bruce, because Bruce doesn't want to be in Ambridge anyway. No. At best, us, or all us is going to do is is come back and, and tend to Robert uh from, from time to time. Robert! But yes. you would think he's going to be run out of that village with, with pitchforks any time soon if he hasn't yeah. done already. And, yeah. and when that job offer's rescinded, uh, yeah. well, what, what has he got left?
2: Yeah. Do you think it is That's what's going to happen? It, it has
1: to, surely. You know, because... He was never given a, con- a contract. No. And, I- and verbally, I don't think he was actually even told that he had the job. He was, he was given some strong intimation that, oh, yes, you did well or something or another. Because right. I remember back at the time thinking, well, you haven't actually got the job. but And then the fact that now uh, Justin wants to have a word with him, that's not good. you know, Yeah,
2: is- no, is- no, it's not. It's not good at all. And I mean, if Justin is trying to ingratiate himself with the archers, which bearing in mind he's nobbing one of them, you'd kind of think that he wouldn't he wouldn't be employing somebody who is universally hated by the entire family. You know, he might want to think twice about that. I don't know. Yes.
1: I'm inclined to agree with you there. Makes no which, sense. Makes no, no. sense. Hmm. Though... Looking at the reviews on iTunes, people don't like it when we agree. They like it when we bicker. <laughs> well, so on principle, we need, we, we, need, <laughs> we need to disagree. And also, I'm going to not completely relent, but I'm going to slightly go back on something I said before. Um, when the Germans were retreating in the Italian peninsula in the winter of 1944 there were various lines there's the gustav line the arno line um the genghis khan line even and one of them was just north of florence so mussolini was actually of course an ally
2: yay i was right
1: not really not really but you know what it's a you know, you could argue the case. Though, I, I think up, if you're apparently. trying to secure Tuscany... You
2: that up. Did you or did you not just look that up? No, I didn't look it up. Why would I look that up? But, well, how did you not know it five minutes ago and now you know it? No,
1: because, no, I'm thinking about this laterally and I'm saying, right, so when Italy was formed looked as a... Looked uni- up. I didn't. You're I didn't expected. look it up. I didn't look it up. When you were on about all that Map and Lucia stuff earlier on, did you look
2: that up? No, because I know it. There you go, I know it. Yeah, but I knew it five minutes ago and I still know it now.
1: (laughs) No, because I'm trying to think, right, would you say that Mussolini was trying to secure Tuscany? No, but he was an ally of Hitler and the Germans
2: were trying... Well, that's what I meant. If you can't keep up with my sophisticated... (laughs) (laughs) I suggest that you look to your laurels, that's all I can say. Mm. Mm.
1: Anyway... Uh, so have we dealt with the first call
2: we have lovely William please call in again William at any time Mm. to my house no not to my house Uh, Rachel
1: she lives in Walthamstow does she yeah you do that's William if William wants to get round to your house
2: oh I see I thought you were talking about Rachel no No. that's bloody miles away
1: not on the Uh, Victoria line it's a it's the best line for getting from one end of London to another it's so fast. fast So if he get, because he lives. for so a I minute. Mean, he was working just south of Brixton. So what's <laughs> yeah. that bus you got to catch down Brixton Hill? You get off. Of, you get off there at Brixton. You jump on the Victoria Line. Bish bosh bang. is in Walthamstow. And then you don't live too far from Walthamstow Tube. No, that's true. Mm. Yeah. You might want to coordinate your diaries and so so you don't yeah. have. So Other than d-
2: doing it on a podcast over the internet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know that's how you do it, but it's not Shut right. up. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Rachel mm. cannot wait to hear Shula's howls of rage when she finds out about Elizabeth and Dr. Cocky Locky. Dr. Locke wears socks and sandals. She's fairly convinced. <laughs> I, that's why I said in the beginning bit about a geography teacher. Yes. Yep. Kind of man who has cord has a cord thing, a cord jacket with um. Elbow pads and all yeah. that.
1: Leather elbow pads. beard.
2: I can't see a beard. Because I kind of imagine... I don't no, think it's I... hygienic. And I kind of think that beard, that doctors shouldn't have beard. Oh,
1: God. Do you know, do did... remember the last doctor that did have a beard? Ship... Oh,
2: Shipman. Dr. Shipman. <sighs>
1: Shipman. <Ooh.
2: sighs> and also the nurse at my general practice. But let's not... <laughs> I think... So wait a minute. If your nurse at your general
1: practice had a beard, she wasn't a doctor then, was she? No,
2: she wasn't, no. Medical personnel okay. should be clean-shaven. Right. <laughs> yes. She, I'm a bit worried about Shula, to be honest. I'm not overwhelmed with love for the woman, as we know, but mm. her life is going down the plug hole. She's having like a bit of a midlife crisis. Well, not a midlife crisis. Well, I suppose it is a midlife crisis. She's not it's having just a midlife kind of crisis. Of what the hell is going on. She's got nothing she wants. She's got Alistair. She doesn't want. Mm. She wants her son with her. He's not there. No, she's got the stables. She wants them. Yeah.
1: She's got Caroline, her friend, who's going to Tuscany. Oh, that's true. Even Caroline can't stand her. She's leaving the country. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's just I don't know. She's you know, and then and then this 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 man who it was all very passionate and all very um. It was all very sort of intrigue and, and, and people... It was all very brief encounter. like, no, Richard, we can't. I know we can't, sure, but... I that. And all that. And all that's sort, of, sort of all quite passionate and everything. And then he comes breezing back in and he's a middle-aged man with a, with, a, with a teenager and she's trying to sort of rekindle that and he's like, no, lady, look, there's a merry widow over there. I'm going to go and have a look at that, you know. But
1: we know that's mm. what she wants. Does she know? That's what she wants. Is is she consciously trying to rekindle a romantic thing with him or is she just trying to hang out with him? Oh,
2: no, she is trying to consciously. I mean, if a woman woman gave you those signals, you know that episode where she said, are you free for sex at any point? Basically, (laughs) you know, after... (laughs) after, after, I think she said,
1: would you like to come round for dinner?
2: Yeah, and he said when and she said... Because
1: Alistair's not around.
2: At any point, yeah. I will, and if, he was I busy at any is, point. <laughs> if Alistair is there, I'll just put him in a chair facing the wall, and <laughs> and we'll have dinner. You know, it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she, she. Yeah. It is. It is. I don't think she's very. I, it's not anything she'd be proud of, but I'm pretty sure. You know, and now and then and then she feels doubly silly because, you know, you're risking such a lot. And if you're prepared to risk such a lot and then you get rejected, then you really do feel like a book. Mm.
1: So, yeah. And then wasn't she slightly miffed when uh, Lizzie came along and he was more interested in her? Yeah, yeah
2: absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah. about
1: to say Paul Shuler. I don't think Paul Shuler at all.
2: But it's like Nigel, you know, Nigel was going out with Shuler initially. mm. And then, uh, actually, Shula dumped him, and then he went off with, with Lizzie, and Lizzie ended up with the, you know, the stately home and all that. Mm. And um, Schuler's got a ratty old stable yard.
1: <laughs> That's a bit harsh. It <laughs> seems to do pretty well.
2: Yeah. yeah, I know, but you have to you have to deal with horsey people, and they're not easy. Oh, are they not? No. How do you define a horsey person? How, what? How do you define a horsey person?
1: Um, I don't really know any. Well, I don't know them to be horsey people, shall we say. Now,
2: Auntie Jean used to be a groom, I think. She's a horsey person. Well, she's nice. Um, She's lovely, yeah. It's the ones that own them. Okay. Um, They're usually very competitive. Mm -hmm. They prefer animals to humans, so they're not the most empathic people in the world. Mm -hmm. And um, some of them do it for the wrong reasons i.e. for social reasons or you know class reasons. Ah, status uh, so, symbols. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That can be a bit of that.
1: I tell you what, right. Tiny little Royfield segue here, and I'm gonna be very brief with this. New York, San Francisco got something in common, i.e. uh that car ownership is actually declining because uh public transport is is relatively good. Stress on the word relatively also millennials can't afford cars yeah and also you've got the rise of uber and lyft yeah so actually um you know people are realizing that you know your car is sat outside your house for 95 percent of the time it's a depreciation cost etc etc and many kind of urban planners and uh many people in the car industry think that car ownership throughout the west will plummet in the next 30 years. Yeah. And in 30 years time you'll have a car uh having a car will be like riding a horse. It was something that you just have um yeah. as a bit of a hobby. And and they yeah. and they all say this will happen faster than we all think. Yeah. You know, in America the land of the car. Already, you know, the amount of young people that actually even want to dr- take the driving test is going down in cities. Yeah, markedly. We,
2: we had dinner with some friends who live in Seattle mm-hmm. uh, at the weekend, and their teenage son. He said that the, the dad said he he. I think it was like the day after his sixteenth birthday, he was roaring out, desperate to take his first driving lesson and take his test as soon as he could, and all that. Mm-hmm. He said his um, thank you. he said his his teenage son he's taken his eventually but he's got lots of friends who just aren't interested and they said why on earth would you because there's uber yeah exactly, exactly why would you exactly. commit to, to commit to that much ongoing cost when you know it's a really good sign i think
1: mm. and i was shocked to read that philadelphia will be trialing a hundred driverless cars <laughs> next next year Next Terrible. year. The future is happening next year, Lucy. Oh,
2: It's like tomorrow's world when we all sat there thinking that we'd be whizzing round on hoverboard things in the year 2000. Mm. What will life be like in the year 2000? We will all have our own robots. Wasn't that back That's to what... the future? <laughs>
1: that wasn't tomorrow's world.
2: No, it was. They said that we'd all have our own robots and we'd all have our own little space shuttle-y things. Oh,
1: really? Yeah. What a space shuttle, so we can go to geosynchronous orbit around the around no, the you Earth. You
2: know what I mean? Just a, a. I actually
1: don't. I needed to clarify a
2: little hoverboard, hovercrafty thing. But you just said a space shuttle. I know, but it's space, as in the space between you and the floor. <laughs>
4: I thought
1: I was the one that was loose and sloppy with language. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I'm loose and sloppy with science
0: and history.
1: That's different. Yeah, but I'm giving you the benefit of the doubt just about with your little line about securing Tuscany. (sighs) (sighs) Who's next?
11: Leslie Greaves. Hi, hello. It's Leslie Greaves here. Special Diet 1 on the Twitters. Um, Just ringing about the trial a bit late, but I knew you'd have loads of calls. Um, Having listened to the trial and the podcast, um, obviously I was really, really pleased about the result, but... I really didn't like the trial. I thought the famous voices and all that were so distracting. I couldn't really get into it at all. I thought Graham Seed was hilarious. He was the poshest abattoir man I've ever heard in my life. Um, they seemed to be apologising for the fact it was on the radio. They had the, the court drawings and all that damn whispering to explain what was going on. Um, it would have been better to have an inner monologue from Helen or something, so it was kind of in your head instead of them trying to explain it. Anyway, and we didn't really get that slam-dunk moment when Titty Knob got condemned out of his own mouth. I wanted him to go the full Captain Queeg and start screaming about, all you women are the same, you can't even smack your wife around these days, etc., etc. like Bruce, and have him carted off in a straight jacket. That would have been great. Um, anyway, hopefully things will sort themselves out now. At least we've got the main thing out of the way. And... Um, Hopefully he will get his just desserts. can't wait to see what Susan Carter says about it all. Love to everybody bye.
2: Yes, I feel we have been deprived. she says his his um rob's damn from his own mouth moment he did keep it together in the trial he but then Bruce didn't so mm. Bruce Bruce kind of did that bit for him that all women are the same sort of thing.
10: They're all whores. Oh, 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 oh.
2: um. What will the harvest be? I mean, he's not going to just take all this lying down, is he, at all at the moment. He's in the position for him, which is the single most paralyzingly terrifying position of people not not believing in him. But no, no, no. Another thing which
1: came out from the testimony in the trial was that Rob moves around is a serial mover around her isn't he mm-hmm. Jess said we went to, um, oh, we yes. went to Canada yeah, yeah, yeah. so he's got a history of this would so be he gets found out wherever he goes yeah. and he and needs they... to keep oh. moving yeah. the, the difference here is Gideon Jack yeah Gideon Jack yeah um so you could argue Gak. oh dear <laughs> <laughs> So you could argue that oh no he's gonna he's gonna stay around but no he's got a, a history and a habit of getting the heck out of dodge twenty four seven
2: yeah but he's never had a child yeah he? no that's what I've just said sorry yeah yeah do you listen so, to me no not really I I think it, yes that's paralyzing so he's now stuck that's that's even more frightening though because he's now stuck somewhere
12: mm.
2: where he's gonna have to face the the climb down he's now everyone's seen that he's got feet of clay and he's gonna have to just sit there while it while and be exposed for what he is you know the hollow person that he is um what but i I want to hear i agree with leslie i want to hear what susan says about it having gone from oh he's so lovely to oh he's a massive rapist i had no idea
1: (laughs) (laughs) As opposed to a little rapist.
2: But she said but you she said
1: you, there's no degrees of rapist, isn't there? That's just... very true.
2: No, there are. But Susan said this week, uh, she sound she's she was using tones that suggested she was very supportive of the archers and she said oh um pat's not going to come along to joe's um thing because he he uh just needs she they all just need to be together at the moment and she said it in such a you know well of course after this awful thing's happened to them and you think are you going to make any comment about the fact that you completely called that wrong susan and that you know it was but she just doesn't does she she just blithely carries on with whatever the you know mm. the easiest lowest common denominator point of view to take that's what she takes and doesn't question it well she reads the daily mail yeah what do you expect yep uh jan from Cannes. Mm. <laughs>
12: Royfield and Lucy and Dumpty Dummers everywhere. It's Jan from Cannes from Canada calling. Uh, I'm walking on my evening walk and I'm listening to Dumpty Dum and by the way when you put the cool and the gang music on I was dancing out in my community garden so I did get a few funny stares but I didn't care (laughs) and now I'm walking up the street Royfield and I'm arguing with you So people are looking at me like I'm talking to myself. So they're wondering who the crazed woman is. But really, I think the reason that they didn't have to carry the jury process further is because the one gentleman who was the most like Rob and the most like Rob's dad had exploded with all these terrible expletives and and terrible sexist misogynist language And I think there was a just a giant moment of silence when everyone in that room realized, oh my goodness, we've been listening to him. We've been letting him manipulate our decision. So that was my take on it. And I just thought I'd let you know. Sorry for any background noise. Anyway, thanks everybody and Bye. she's disagreeing with you because we were
2: saying last week that um how come we've we sort of skipped from everybody going mm, i'm not sure well i don't know she is a bit unstable blah, blah 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 the jury just suddenly going yes send him down and she said that it was that everybody in the room realized that they'd been manipulated by this bloke who suddenly started spouting unpleasant misogynistic nonsense mm-hmm. yeah um so she said that's what happened, and that's the bit that she thinks that we didn't get. No, no, no. I, 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 I did get that, but
1: maybe I was—I've been led too much by Twelve Angry Men, the film. What happens is you have these twelve jurors, and there is one holdout, and the evidence looks overwhelming. Unlike this, whereas a casual reading of the evidence which we were presented to last week—pure casual reading. Is that it was finely balanced. You had to really look behind what people were saying to realise that Rob was was a total shit. So and and it had to be finely balanced for the for the purposes of the drama. So that it was a you know a relative split, and it was the prejudices of each juror and what they took into it and how they read the ev- the evidence uncritically, and then when it was discussed, then people got convinced either way. Yeah. Okay? So. But in Twelve Angry Men, it starts off it's overwhelming. It's just obvious this Puerto Rican boy has has murdered his father. I can't remember exactly who I think it's his father or his uncle. And then you re and then it gets it gets chipped away one by one. And because they were following that kind of formula, you felt bereft that you got down to I don't know. I think it was like six six or six five, wasn't it? Or it was eleven jurors. Yeah, six five and whatever. Then all of a sudden. It just stopped because the great thing is about 12 Angry Men is that Henry Fonda chips away at them. So they keep taking these votes and it's, you know, it's 11-1, then it's 10-2, then it's 9-3. And it goes all the way down to, I think, about... there's only about two handouts, and then the one of the last handouts makes an incredibly good point, and it swings all the way back, yeah and we were and that's what we were, we were left bereft with with, yeah. with with this drama. you didn't have it swinging backwards and forwards for dramatic effect. it was actually quite pedestrian yeah, and, yeah. But, but you made an incredibly good point that and, and other people then commented and said that it, you needed. Because you had to fit it into what, an hour. Um, you needed these caricatures of people, you know, the older liberal kind slightly hippie woman with, with the space cakes, you know, the, yeah, yeah. the you know, the, the Chav read the Chav Sun reading yeah. woman and then the, you know, etc yeah. etc um, to make sense out of who was who, because you had to establish these characters really quite quickly. So it wasn't that I didn't understand what happened, Jan. I was just I just thought it needed another half an hour.
2: Mm, yeah.
1: If you're going to do it, just do it. Yeah. You know. I think
2: they were in shock enough about the scheduling that it was running over to an hour as it was. <laughs> to this, another half or, They'd have had a nervous breakdown. <laughs> um, should you lady gaff gaff Oh,
1: now, whilst we're talking about Jan from Cannes, because something happened on the Twitters, Loose. Right, so. Um, a bad thing? No, a very, a lovely thing. A oh, heartwarming good. thing. Jenna, 17... Uh Basically said, I'm in Toronto, are there any dumdy dummers out there? So I hooked her up, so to speak, with Not Contrary. Mm-hmm. And then with The Litterer. And then, like, the next day, there's a lovely selfie of Not Contrary and Jenna 17. You know, all smiley-wily.
12: Oh,
2: okay, yeah. The next day? Blimey.
1: It was really pretty fast. It's
2: like Tinder. Flipping heck.
1: Well, funny you should say that, because, hmm... Right. So uh, then I think Jan from Cannes said, oh, it's really nice to see that Canadian dum de are, are kind of hooking up. So I put out a little bit of um, a message saying we really need to get Jan from Cannes uh, a pal to hang about with in Vancouver. Now, Christina Auckland said, Royfield, how about you, um, you have a map on the Dumpty Dum website where people can pin which town they're actually in and then people can clearly see and then people can kind of like meet up.
2: Ah, oh, that's a lovely idea. Yeah,
1: so Christina Auckland is actually doing this as we speak and wrote me such a full-on email, leaves with a whole load of technical ease. I didn't know what the hell language the woman was talking about, right? <laughs> she sent me a whole load of source code you know she, she's she's proper <laughs> <laughs> she's not messing around now um pristina um runs a company called cornerstoneslabs.co.uk and i'm putting that link out there folks because if you need any web me, web or social media development i reckon you go to www.cornerstoneslabs Does she know anything about russians? Well funny you should say that but we're going to come to that later
2: okay um
1: because we think we've stemmed a little bit the rust and deluge but the tide hasn't completely been turned away if i'm not mixing my metaphors completely there uh but anyway um cornerstoneslabs.co.uk christina auckland runs it her and her hubby uh, they're a development company they build applications primarily online but not always just online but they're awesome and they're building us a map folks so you dumdy Dummer, can go on there and say i live in auckland I live in London and then other Dumdy Dumbers can see that you that you do and then contact you and then you can kinda of hook up in a non sexual even in a sexual way. If you want to hook up in a sexual way, good luck to your dumdy dumbers. So and that all came out of uh Jan from Cam being alone in Vancouver. That's amazing. Well it's
2: definitely heartwarming. Yeah. And that's the, the strength of the dum dum community. I hope someone hooks up with our poor farmer in Tasmania. She must be ever so lonely. <laughs> well, how do you know that A, she wants to be hooked up and that B,
1: she isn't hooked up already?
2: No, no, I don't mean like that. I just mean...
1: Oh, you, you mean, mean friendship-wise. you're on your
2: in Tasmania, you're really on your tod, are you not? Mm. Mm.
1: Yeah, it's a funny place, that Tasmania, isn't it? Yeah. All manner of funny marsupials down there. You don't see anywhere <laughs> else.
2: Maybe she can hook up with a marsupial. Anyway. No, we don't
1: condone bestiality on this podcast.
2: We do not. No. Not often anyway. No,
1: never. (laughs) You
2: speak for yourself. Can we do Lady Garfgarf? Yes, please. Hi, Dumpty Dum. Lady
6: Garfgarf here again. Thank you very much for the mention last week. And I am very glad I am not alone in my frustration and hatred of Shula um a couple of things first of all I need some help I can't work out if I'm a Siobhan or a Sam because I've been listening pretty much since I was in utero and I remember Brian's infidelity and Ruth's kind of infidelity and I can't remember which came first so if anyone could help that would be great secondly um Monday's episode was was fantastic if chilling Um, I feel like I understand Ursula a little bit more. Um, She was very tearful. She's a granny. She's not been able to see um, little Jack, who she thinks is called Gideon. Um, So she's upset about that. She clearly loves her son. She's clearly probably abused by Bruce. So I kind of... Feel a bit more like I understand her now. And I hate to say it, like Goddess Diva, I cannot stand the man and have been planning ways to kill him for the past two years. But I do feel a bit sorry for Rob. um He's a horrible man, but I'm not sure, given the family he's come from and the, his background, that he could have turned out any differently. He was sent to boarding school at a really early age, probably all boys, um taken from his mother, uh, had, you know, probably quite a strict traditional upbringing. I don't know, maybe he was beaten, whatever. Um, Um, really misogynist traditional horrible bigoted father who has a very narrow worldview and clearly very outdated ideas about gender roles so maybe that's where his supposed hatred of women comes from but maybe he believed he was trying to do the best for Helen maybe he did actually love her and he does clearly love the boys in his own weird way and I wonder if they were girls whether he would love them as much. Anyway, it's going to be very interesting to see how this storyline unfolds. Thank you very much. You are doing a great job. Keep up the good work.
2: Lady Garth. saying that the storyline you came in on was Brian's infidelity doesn't really help because that puts it in any decade for the last 50 years. Um, <laughs> she
1: meant Siobhan though, come yeah, on. I
2: know. Uh, she also said that she felt sorry for Rob. Mm. <gasps> because she said, I can't imagine after that upbringing that you could turn out any different, but I think lots of people have had that upbringing and they don't all resort to that i he's he's clearly a deeply deeply um broken man I mean he's severely damaged because you don't get that kind of uh narcissism without without that being inflicted on you from somebody else and we know who that is we know that's that's um that's uh Bruce and we know mm. that uh, we have um, Ursula, who's co-what's the thing him? What's it called? Co-co-somethinging him, um, you know, and supporting him in that in that because she's mm. trying to protect herself, and she decides it's best to do what he wants rather than um, challenge him in the same way. And she does that for the children as well. Well, um, that
1: was the thing which was a message on the book of face, where somebody said. I feel sorry for Rob this person was a gentleman type person and said I feel sorry for Rob because he's had um you know he can't see Henry and he and, and I took this at face value what I would say about this is that I I presume the whole reason for bringing in Bruce and Ursula was so that we could believe that a person like Rob
13: yeah.
1: um exists. Yeah. And to and I gotta say to understand. I don't want to say the word understand. And to have a, and to glean how somebody yeah. go how somebody like that is nurtured or not nurtured as to the way that they then end yeah. up being an adult. If you are going to do that, and I completely understand the reasons for doing it, and I think, on balance, it was right because you you then understood that Ursula is an abused woman of some fifty years, vintage. Some people are going to feel sympathy because they're going to, in inverted commas, understand. I would say I would completely agree with you, though, that you know going to private school per se doesn't make you a rapist. It might make you a Tory, but doesn't necessarily make you a rapist
2: um and also it just to chip in for a minute sorry mm, yeah, go on it, a lot of people that are like him say or it is said about them oh they just you know they just are what they are they cannot help it but to manipulate as much as he does he has to be able to understand how he you can't bend the rules unless you understand them and he has to understand. He has to be able to understand what love is, how it is expressed normally. Blah blah blah. He has to understand all that. No, no, no that he, he because... doesn't understand.
1: I will disagree
0: with you. No no no, it... no,
2: no, 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 no. I'm not. That's what I'm saying. Shut up. Let me finish, and then and then you can argue with me. But he has to understand how that appears mm. to pass as uh, as to pass as normal. It's only so. Therefore, he has to. Be able to empathize because he has to understand those rules to subvert them to make it work but it's not empathy though
1: lucy that's where no, you're wrong it's, it's, not yeah, it's,
2: not no, okay. it's not
1: empathy it's not empathy it's like um child abusers that... he, so you
2: can mimic it without exactly
1: he knows it. what the social norms are yes. so they'll act that way in, fr- in front of other people but they have these deep-seated uh desires and instincts uh, and they they can mask those to a degree socially but one on one all hell gets unleashed so so it's not an empathy but i think you you kind of used the slightly the wrong word when you said you know because actually what rob is is somewhat actually of, actually of a sociopath um, as well as a a, a narcissist etc etc yeah. Et yeah you know and and yeah. actually what and and what I would say about the whole him going off to boarding school it was though that's part of it and that's what he when he reflects on himself he says Mm -hmm. that he was abandoned by his parents He he said that over and over Yeah, and he thinks that he didn't have love Uh, But there's many people that went off to boarding school who are are capable of very loving relationships.
2: And many, many people who had childhoods with no love and are capable of...
1: Absolutely, absolutely. So there is actually something which inherently is actually just lacking in him. Yeah. And then it's exacerbated by that. And there is this kind of deep-seated kind of anger that he has as well. Yeah. Fundamentally, he's an island and he's kind of on his own. Emotionally, he doesn't connect with, with anybody, though he has this almost childlike want to to love but for love for him is control as you've said before but it's
2: like it's like a child with a with a puppy Mm -hmm. and you say be gentle with the puppy or it will run away and they're like no i but i love the puppy and then they hurt it and then they're really surprised when it runs away yes because that you know they there's there's they cannot control their own want or need enough to actually empathize with with anything else, because it's totally about this is a cute thing and I like it, but it still needs to i still need to be able to control it and hurt it. Mm. And I can't understand how that hasn't worked. Uh. I mean, he's genuinely confused, isn't he? He's genuinely confused as to how. And the first thing he said was, she sucked up to the judge. And that's how she did. You see, did you see Anna Tregoran making eyes at the judge? And that's how she got yeah. away with it. She, yeah. You cannot cope with the fact that it might not be anything to do with gender or with, um, uh, you know, g- g- sexual power. But, you know, what I
1: thought was also interesting last week. And I, and I, I thought this at the time, and then I would kind of forgot it. A lot of what Rob says um, is conflicted in that on the one hand is a deep-seated misogynist. There's no two ways about it. And yeah. exactly what you just said about, you know, she was flirting with the judge, et etc. et cetera. But on the other hand, he genuinely doesn't understand what he's done. He, no. he absolutely doesn't no, as well. No, he doesn't. No. He doesn't. You know, so, yeah. Um, he needs... Um, years and years and years of counselling under the spoons couch you,
2: you can i th- uh narcissistic personality disorder is one of the hardest things to treat mm. because the narcissist doesn't believe that anyone else knows anything
1: no that's true they all always think they're, they're cleverer so, than everybody else yeah. they're better looking and than
2: and and, and, and Donald they spent the whole Trump. time trying to just manipulate the the therapist. Uh, and getting them to see things from their way they can 't understand why that doesn 't work they're, you know it 's just they 're just baffled the whole time and and uh, d- d- yeah it's just becomes a big game. nothing for them is real because it 's just about power
1: mm. uh, whilst we 're on um, psychology uh, if you want to go and pose any questions to all Witherspoon, um, he, he kind of doesn't just lurk but he's quite active on the, on the forum there and there's a few people who have actually asked him some quite in-depth questions um, about psychology and motivation so uh, mm-hmm. if you, dear listener have um, a question nip over to dumdydum.com forward slash forum, go ask Witherspoon you get That's... a much more coherent and cogent answer than you get out of us, pair.
2: <laughs> Too true um, Ellen Hughes also about Rob. Mm. Hi Dumpty Dum, it's Ellen.
5: Uh I used to be from Chester. Um I was whispering Ellen from Chester, I think when Lucy called me. But I'm now from Glasgow. I've recently moved to Glasgow. I haven't called for a while and I've had a I've been listening to the archers because I just it's like a compulsion. I can't not listen to it. Um but I have I have found it difficult the last few months. I've had breaks and then uh I've sort of been on and off with Dumpty Dum because 'cause I've been busy and so on. But um back with you guys now and um, and I just really wanted to call because throw in with the kind of general love that was um, put out in last week's episode to say that you guys are great and um, the sort of pre-stabbing Arches um, when it was all just awful with Helena Rob Dumpty Yum was my salvation and you got me through every week. It's just great to have, be part of this community and on Twitter and um, it makes me smile every time I every time I check my my tweets. Um, after every episode, there's always something I said on Twitter, and yeah, I feel I know you guys, which is yes, you're right, and I love it. Uh, so my own prediction, slight concern going forward. It's um, it's only Tuesday now, so I don't really know what's going to happen this week, but I am concerned that Rob is going to try to win Helen back, and I hope that now she's feeling strong and independent and has got everything out in the open, she's not going to succumb. But I'm a bit concerned when she didn't tell Pat uh, that she'd seen Rob, that she might be susceptible to that. But let's hope not.
2: Is Rob going to try and win Helen back?
1: Absolutely not. Well, no, he might try, but I just want the man run out of town. The legacy of Rob, apart from being the fact that there's Gideon Jack um, in the village, should be that he's going to turn up every now and then
2: yeah like a hazel woolly and exactly everyone goes god oh, like, oh, she's back exactly
1: exactly just get him out of the town so we can get him out of the village sorry so we can just put some balance back into the force or whatever the hell the Jedi say because uh we, we, we need we need shot of this the one thing again purely with hindsight do you remember when Helen came back from uh, honeymoon in the Isle of Wight um, overseas, and uh, the first week, you know, she was bragging about Rob's sexual yeah. prowess. Yeah, and no. and yeah. then the second week, she went all quiet. Mm-hmm. We now know because actually, that was the that was the start of uh you know the repeated uh, rapes and stuff, and when he was you know really starting to, start to abuse her. Um. The, oh crap, I've lost, lost my chain of thought there, when I said Isla White. No, the first obviously.
2: one was the one on the sofa, wasn't it?
1: No, it was, it was, it was. The one but anyway, no, 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 no you're, you're completely right, you're completely right. But Helen, from the first week she gets back to second week, she does change. Yeah. Right? She does yeah. change. Though you're yeah. right about, so we, we, we were all witness to the first one, weren't we? Yeah. yeah. There has been... And I'm slightly nixing another call here, but she has had a metaphorical bucket of cold water thrown over and she's just kind of snapped out of a... uh, am
2: the the sleepwalking that she's been doing.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. And there is no way that she'd countenance going anywhere near the man. Absolutely not. And if she did, right, I think... The be the massed hordes of middle England would descend on the BBC and burn <laughs> the institution down yeah. if he even entertain the thought yeah though
2: but it- that might not necessarily stop Rob trying i mean how how far does his self belief and delusion go would is he actually so crackers that he could think
1: well he, he, he is he is crackers because what was that line I've still got my eye on yeah. you yes yeah yeah, yeah yeah. so he's mixing he, he's ang- he's got this anger towards her but then he's still attracted to her he still thinks he owns her he still he still still sees her as his wife even though she's crazy as far as he's concerned it's all mixed up it's all mm. mixed up but no, the answer is no. Helen will not go back with him.
2: OK, next one, posed mm. by Christina from Hampshire. Toby, she I says... I think you'll be... find
1: that's Christina Auckland, by the way.
2: Yes, she says originally she was from Hampshire.
1: Yeah, no, no, I'm, yeah, I'm just saying.
14: Hello, this is Christina from Hampshire, originally from Exmoor, Devon. I um, I have just listened to the most recent Dumpty Dum, which was excellent. really enjoyed it. Thank you very much. I was uh, very affected and and in awe of the amazing trial last week and and how it all turned out and the extended episode on Sunday. And as I was listening, it, it did occur to me that perhaps there was two endings recorded so that the people on the jury may not have known what the outcome was, which might explain why there wasn't any explanation for... The, the sudden switch from what seemed to be leaning to against Helen to suddenly to for Helen. I forgot to say, I'm a second-time caller iner. I have no idea who who I am, as in which character came in after I started listening. I will have to go and research that a bit more, mainly because I listened because of my mum for so many years before actually listening for myself. Uh, my second point is that I have a, a sort of mini plot prediction in that I think, Re- uh, not Rex, the other one, Toby, will be unfaithful to Pip and Rex will be the one to pick up the pieces and they will end up getting together in the end. I do feel bad for Rex, really. And I also feel quite sad for Ursula because she's obviously been through a really horrible time and she never did anything about it. She was never brave enough, so I kind of feel for her, even though I don't like her. Anyway, love you
2: all lots. Thank you very much. Toby will be unfaithful to Pip and Rex will pick up the pieces. Would Pip care if Toby... I think she would be now because he's actually sort of got her to to the... You know, she's done that thing that you think no! (laughs) No! when you've got it on your terms and then they say oh well but we could you know you, we could we could do this properly because i am getting more. and you think oh well maybe this maybe this could work then maybe there is and you you know you've you've you sort of chopped off all the kind of the emotional side of it and think yep this is the way forward this is good and then they say oh no 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 let that bit out it's fine it's fine and that's when they then go off and, and do it because then in their heads, right, they've got you, fine, you're no longer interesting.
1: Well, I didn't understand any of that, but I'm more interested huh? in Tom and Kirsty.
2: <laughs> no, but you know what I mean? When Toby was chasing Pip because she would because she said, I am not interested in you apart from sexually. That's why he was interested mm. in her.
1: I think the that's second, an over-simplistic over-simpl- reading of it.
2: She said... Yeah, of course it's over-simplistic, but this is a podcast. Before b- before no. she said... Um...
1: It's a podcast, so we can take as long as we need to <laughs> investigate and get to the bottom of any kind of issue. She
2: actually said... I mean, the next thing would be, she mm. says something like, would you like to move into the brick rickyard or whatever? Rickyard um, Cottage. What? 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 Where does she live? What's it called? Rickyard Cottage. That's what I just said. Um, she she will say to him would you like to move it Rickyard or something and that's when he'll do it that's when he'll go off because now he's got her so now she's not no longer interesting mm.
1: uh, I think he all that nonsense about her reading you know doing the readings for his drone video yeah. and her great advice to do with marketing the posh eggs etc cetera, etc cetera, all that all on the 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 geese, he actually genuinely it wasn't just a case of another notch on the bedpost. He actually fell for her. It's as simple as that. Really? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Wow. You're such an old softy. I am. But I think he genuinely likes her. Is he an honourable person? Should he have shafted his brother per not intended um a v he's, you know getting a leg over Pip no but still i think he genuinely, genuinely because remember there's that ridiculous scene well not ridiculous um very believable where he goes round there to get his little bit of a slap and tickle and she takes a, a call from Matthew mm, trust me if yeah. he wasn't if he wasn't interested he'd say go take your call yeah he wouldn't care. He would just say, and then when she comes back, then you just b- b- get his leg over. No, but he I think... cared, Lucy.
2: No, I think it's what all... What do you mean, no? Because uh, I disagree with you. I Wh- think... Which bit of what
1: I said was factually incorrect?
2: He... The bit We're... that if...
1: hmm He Go doesn't
2: on. have to like... He doesn't have to really like her or love her or whatever to not want her to have a call from Matthew. Uh, He's th- one of those people that's kind of... if if I can't have I, the more I can't have you the more I want you
1: no uh, you're wrong here he he likes her and that the, the, the whole point that Matthew's seen was and that's the reason why because she, she thought he's just an inveterate player and he is and he has been that's the reason why she didn't understand at all the reason why he got upset because he generally likes, as a heterosexual male, in my experience, if you are, if you have a friend with benefits, and they say, "Okay, I need to speak to Reggie or Patrick or John because I'm sorting out a hook up on another night," you let them take their call because that call's only going to last three minutes. You're going to get your fifteen minutes, mm. you know, in three minutes' time. That's fine. Fifteen it's, minutes. <laughs> Whatever, 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 Lucy. Listen. do you, You, whoa, you, you know personally...
15: La, 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 la,
1: la, you know personally I last much longer than that. <laughs> but anyway, I I think my point...
2: I'm boring on the telly. Anyway,
1: My point, I think, is well made here. That... Matthew was not cop-blocking him. She wasn't. He just happened to call. That's a three-minute call. That's a two-minute call. He's gone round there to get his leg over. His reaction was the reaction of somebody who actually has feelings and emotions. Oh, Oh, God, Lucy. No,
2: that reaction was, what do you mean? What do you mean there's somebody who might be more important in this room than me? Right, well, I wasn't that bothered before, but now I am. (laughs) What are you talking about? That's what his reaction was. No. It wasn't that. It was a fact that... Uh... He upped the ante. As soon as he thought that Matthew was still around, he upped the ante.
1: You know what? Maybe the pair see. of us need to go back and listen to that okay. those week's episodes. All right. I oh. know that I'm right, because oh. invariably I am right. <laughs> But it has to be said. I do want everyone to live happily ever after. I want uh, there to be unicorns and rainbows and fluffy teddy yeah. bears. That is that is my fundamental default position in life. Whereas you're the hard yeah. bitten and you've been broken in life, and you don't want anyone <laughs> to be happy. Type of woman you are though, <laughs> aren't you? Broken in life. <laughs> you, well, why are you the way that you are then? Why don't you think the best in people? Why don't you want happy outcomes?
0: I do! You don't. You do. not
1: You never trust anyone, especially if they happen to have a dangly thing in between their legs. You don't don't
2: trust us. Because I'm a writer. That's true. We're all horrible. Mm.
16: Anyway, Claire from Clapham. Hello Dumpty Dum, Uh, Royfield, Lucy and everyone around. Uh, It's Claire from Clapham here. Uh, I didn't ring in last week on the trial week because I figured you'd have lots of calls and also I was... bit discombobulated by the whole thing if i'm honest and i needed time to reflect i'm going to start by saying my um archer's vintage i.e the person who came in first while i was listening was rory being born and i had to go to the website to look up what his surname was and it's donovan don't really understand why i'm guessing it must be siobhan's maiden name or something anyway um so there you go i'm a donovan whilst i was on the website i noticed that lewis is still listed as a as a member of the cast and i can't believe he's not dead yet so uh, that's a mystery, and no mistake. Um, does he have an opinion about Elizabeth at the moment, for example? Who knows? Uh, yeah, so I wanted to ring and pick up on what was said last week about you know what can we get back to now that the trial's over. And there are two people that I would like to hear from. One, obviously, Kathy, who's been missing this entire time. And let me just say now that if at some point Pat says... Oh, Cathy's been so supportive over this entire period and we haven't heard any of it. I should be incredibly frustrated and annoyed. Uh, I think that's a complete cop-out. They should have actually had Cathy talking to her or mentioned her at least at some point during this whole thing. Or at least have Pat say, well, Cathy's not been any friend to me through this whole thing or something. But anyway, she seems to have completely disappeared, uh, much to our, our annoyance on the whole. Um, And the other one is about Usha. I mean, like, someone nearly got murdered in her house. And, you know, all this stuff has come out. Surely she has got to come out and say something at this point. Or there's got to be some kind of thing. When when did the tenancy start? When's the break clause? I don't know. I want to know all this. And I'm ringing in on Wednesday morning. So uh, last night's episode was the one in which Ian was giving Adam the cold shoulder and I kind of understand that, and I really felt for him, what with everyone talking about them behind their backs, sort of thing, uh, or in, indeed in front of him, as it happened with Lillian. But I don't know, I feel a bit weird, because I mean, it's not like he didn't know about this stuff, that's the point. He knew about it, and he had kept it to himself, and he had managed to maintain a relationship with Adam. Uh, and now that it's public, suddenly he's in a massive half with Adam. Um, I find that a little bit bizarre, but I guess, you know, everyone deals with stuff in their own way and Ian's been through a lot. I think he's sort of relying on, well, we should all think about Helen as a bit of a sort of backup mechanism to kind of get at Adam. And, you know, who among us might not have done the same thing? So no one's no one's perfect. Uh, But I do hope they get over it um, and that Ian can... Kind of come past all this stuff, and that Adam can, you know, keep it in his trousers and demonstrate to Ian that he's worth keeping hold of.
2: She <laughs> wants to know who was stolen, Lewis, and why isn't he dead? Because he's still listed in the Radio Times, and he hasn't said a word for about twelve years. Kathy, is Pat suddenly going to say, "Oh, she's been such a comfort"? Pardon? <laughs> uh, and Usha. A murder nearly happened in Usha's house, i.e. Blossom Hill.
0: Mm.
2: Why has Usha not said anything? Why is Rob still living there? Um, And now this is where I'm confused and I don't know if you can help me. I'm not sure you can because quite often this is the stuff that we both get muddled about. Mm. Did Ian know all about the affair? Yes, Ian knew all about the affairs that came out in court, didn't he? Mm -hmm.
1: He's known for quite some time
2: he doesn't know about Parvel
1: no he didn't know about Parvel he suspected um...
2: did Parvel come out in the trial no yeah, yeah I th- Ooh. does Rob know about Parvel yes because Jennifer told him
1: yes she did yes she did
2: but Jennifer told him about Parvel mm. Jennifer... but Rob... and, he, and he
1: saw him with Charlie
2: yeah, but Rob hasn't said anything about Parvel, has he?
1: No, but we're getting our Eastern Europeans mixed up though, aren't we? There's Parvel and there's a Stefan. Stefan
2: hasn't said anything. No, Stefan was just the one that yeah, was yeah. the culprit, wasn't he? Culvert
1: gate, yeah. Yeah,
2: but Parvel was the one who was having who was was, it away was with was Bonking
1: Adam. gate. They had, they had sex once.
2: Yeah. So, but and Rob knows that, mm. but he hasn't told Adam. He hasn't told Ian that. No, it he hasn't.
1: Yes he did because because Je- um Adam told Jenny, Jenny told Rob that that over drinks. And she, she was all pissed which I just didn't believe at a moment because she would keep her son's confidence but they dressed it up that she was a bit tiddly.
2: Oh yeah. Remember? Yeah. yeah. yeah.
1: So it out. it has all come out in the uh, wash. Oh okay. Yeah.
2: Good. Right. Fine. Bill
9: Gallagher. <laughs> hi, Lucy. Hi, Roy Field. Bill Gallagher here, second time caller in a row. Uh, a couple of points that occurred to me in the outcome of the trial. I think I was de- as delighted as uh, all of you will be at the um, the outcome, especially of the uh, custody proceedings that um, happened this week after the trial. Great news for, uh, for all of us who believe in fair play and justice. But um, I couldn't help feeling that by the end of the proceedings... We were being toyed with by 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 the writers, especially those of us who uh, are pedantic enough to hope for some sort of um, technical accuracy in the depiction of uh, the legal proceedings in in the in the drama. I think uh, the final straw for me was um, the way that the uh, the, the judge who had heard the criminal trial also coincidentally turned up at the other uh, family court proceedings a week later. I'm, I'm no legal expert, um, but I'm pretty sure that uh, a serious criminal case like Helen's would have been heard in the Crown Court by a by a judge pre- specialising in criminal law, whereas the uh, family, the custody proceedings would have been heard in the county court by a, by a specialist in family law. But there we are. It's only a movie. The other, the other thing that uh, was, uh, was important to me was uh, the, the opportunity that it gave us to welcome Catherine Tate to the growing band of actors who have appeared in The Arches and Doctor Who, being a, a lifelong Doctor Who fan myself as well as The Archers fan. I've been trying to uh, rack my brains to think who else is on that list, but I'm not keeping a categorical list. But uh, I think I can come up with Terry Malloy, obviously, Dav Ross, Mike Tucker, the lady who plays Hazel Hazel Woolley, the and We've got Simon Williams, plays Justin Elliott, and uh, well-known to Doctor Who fans of a certain age as Group Captain Gilmore from Remembrance of the Daleks. And of course, David Troughton himself, the son of Patrick Troughton, and being in Doctor Who in his own right. That's, that's all I've got currently off the top. head of any of your uh, listeners can come up with any other names for that list, I'll be delighted to hear them.
2: Yes, I am really not sure about that, Bill. I completely agree that Judge Loomis, he who shall be revered and respected for all time for his mm. excellent choices. Um, he has the wisdom of Solomon. I know. he's. Le- don't we just love him? Maybe we could get him as President of the United States. Um, he rather than a coughing old woman and that lunatic. But anyway. that's uh, why... a bit
1: harsh on Hillary Clinton.
2: <laughs> I know. Now, I love Hillary Clinton. I'm just really worried that she's going to get more ill. <laughs> um, but I am very surprised that ye, ye olde Judge Loomis would do both. He would do one hearing and then go straight into doing a hearing for the same couple. All right. Can I, can I just
1: jump in here? Yeah. Am, well, I, we, am we I allowed to, to talk?
2: Miss Mid City about that.
1: Listener. If you want to know about psychology and motivation with a spoon on the forum, if you want yeah. to know about legal stuff, mid uh, sorry, Miss Mid City. I'm yeah. forever calling her mid Miss City. No. Miss Mid City on the Forum. She's been doing some sterling work on there. Now, I did have a conversation with somebody kind of about this just the other day. And what this person said to me is this is that what is definitely unlikely is that there'd be only a period of a week between the trial and uh, basically the, the, um, the social workers doing their report. Uh, really? Yeah.
10: What the, but but ah, 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 not 10... ah, Sorry.
1: W- w- wait a minute. Wait a minute. I said the same thing. Now, what she said is this, is that say if um, it had been proven against Helen... Well, yeah. The case, right? Yeah. They need to do a whole... Basically, that potential ramification needs to be factored into the the time span, right? So actually, it is unrealistic that the one would happen one week and the one the week after. Because um, verdict can go one of two ways and a whole load of potential other um social reports would ne- would need to be done.
2: Mhm.
1: You know, i.e. okay, so where is little Gideon Jack going to go now, etc yeah. etc. Et yeah. So so what she said was it's baked in in circumstances like this that you there is there are months between the t- between the two cases because you don't know what the verdict's going to be.
2: Right. So you'd leave the child with somebody
1: Well, she said it's not ideal, but... No. But, you know, considering that the verdict can go one of two ways, which have massive ramifications on the second case, that you leave time so proper reports and evaluations can be done. And what she said made a whole load of sense to me. She said it's unrealistic, uh, not necessarily that it'd be the same judge, because I don't know. I know there's circuit judges and all sorts and I don't really understand it but they're in the middle of nowhere, aren't they? Yeah. So you probably would have the same judge turning up. I don't yeah. know. I don't know. But what she said was the time scale uh, between right. the two is unrealistic. Okay. And she poo-pooed it. Okay.
15: Poo-pooing
1: on the
2: forum. Okay.
15: Mm. Auntie Jean. It's Auntie Jean here again. I trust you all have our gentlemen's buttonholes at the ready. Good. I shall begin. Now, is Ian going to leave Adam? I think he might, in which case Lucy's been right all along and Charlie will be back because I don't think for a minute Justin will now give Rob that job. I think Justin, uh, Justin will put Rob in his place and say, that's it, you're not getting the job now, hopefully. I'm wondering if Helen or Jess or both of them will make a complaint to the police and he'll have to be investigated for rape. But they may not want to go through all the court case again, I guess. So we'll have to wait and see. And how's does anybody know if Peggy has changed her will? Because technically, isn't Rob still inheriting the lodge or something or other, or money? I can't remember what it is. Cosmo put me right. But Peggy will have to think about that, won't she? Tom and Kirsty, Sick, sick, sick. Far too much information, thank you very much. And anyway, what, Kirsty's just kidding herself. Of course she'll fall for Tom again. She can't help herself. Um, Josh is a little shit for A, selling his laptop that his parents bought him on, B, telling his mother about Pip and Toby, just to try and divert his mother's attention. And then, of course, there was David and Ruth who were interfering in Pip's love life. But having said that, I'm sure all you parents out there would probably look at your daughter and think, you're going out with a horrible person, and really, we don't want you to go out with him and try and do something about it, so I don't know. Anyway, that, Royfield, I have done in one minute and 40 seconds.
2: Speak to you soon. Are you sporting your gentleman's buttonhole, Royfield?
15: Now...
1: I must admit, right? When I heard that line, and I'm all up for a good British pun, I did say to myself, "Come on now, <laughs> right?" And I
2: <laughs> no, but you do see it at country, at, at you know, country shows and things like that, and the, flower, flower the,
1: shows. You do people actually have a flower and say this is for my gentleman's? book. yes, oh god, I, I tell you, you
2: make it. You put a little leaf behind, and then you have a rosebud or something like that.
1: Well, it's what I've always said. There's more than one England.
2: Yeah.
1: There's London, which isn't England. No. Then there's metropolitan England. Your Birmingham's in your Manchester's, where there's Indian corner shops everywhere, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then there's this. Then there's the countryside, yeah. and that's in England, which I just don't know, Lucy. Yeah. I don't know about snowdrops, and I don't know about gentlemen's buttonholes. You know, I just <laughs> I, don't, I don't know this world. I just it's, it's, it's all foreign to me. I give
2: you a clue: you wouldn't put a snowdrop in your gentleman's buttonhole. Would you not? No. Hmm probably really hurt
1: wouldn't that be some kind of kinky sexual pleasure? <laughs> I bet
2: someone has put a snowdrop up their gentleman's buttonhole i sure they have
16: yes.
2: is Ian going to leave Madam? yes is Charlie coming this is I'm answering Auntie Jean's questions will uh, is Charlie going to come back yes mm. are Tom and Custy disgust? Tom and Custy Tom and Custy disgusting yes no they not no
1: they're not I don't know.
2: Oh, they're nice. No. And it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen.
1: Yeah.
2: Uh, is Josh a little shit? Yes.
1: Absolutely.
2: There we go. But
1: he's is, is entertaining. I'm starting to warm to him. Shit.
2: Yes. Not like an unentertaining shit like Rob. He's an entertaining shit. Um, now, Chris.
17: Hi, Roy Field, Lucy, Mary Bell and Dutton is everywhere. Chris here. It's 24 on the Twitters. First time caller in a row, but I've been listening since around Easter. And Dumpty Dumpty's been the soundtrack to some fairly major DIY projects over the last few months. I'm calling with a legal plot prediction and a bit of a protest about the lack of solicitors in the arches. I know the scriptwriters wanted to contain the number of characters in the Robin Helen storyline, but it wouldn't have killed them to have a solicitor involved from time to time. Also, where has the village's resident solicitor been? Surely Usha would have been cross-examined in the shop by Susan at the first opportunity. Mind you, I can't even remember what area of law OSHA is supposed to specialize in, and her working life seems to consist of swanning out of the office for a coffee with Ruth at the earliest opportunity. From the legal point of view, I work as a probate solicitor, and Joe Grundy's much predicted passing could be the salvation of the Grundy family. I predict that Joe has a secret stash of money or an old life assurance policy tucked away in the cider shed, probably under a pile of and tat. Like a flying horse with taped-on wings, the inheritance could land in Eddie's lap, enabling to buy Grange Farm from Oliver and Caroline, at a reduced price, of course, because of the dam. And he could also lord his newfound wealth over the villagers who normally look down their noses at him, until his brother turns up to claim his share. I've been trying to work out my vintage for Royfield. I started listening about the time of Ruth's fling with Sam, and became a regular listener in about 2008. So the first character I think I remember coming to the village is Vicky, which makes me a Tucker. Not sure how I feel about that.
2: He wants to know what exactly Shula specialises in. I mean Usha. Usha specialises in everything anybody needs, basically. She's like the world's <laughs> most multi She's like those, you know, those things that they advertise in B&Q and it's a spray or something. Three and in one. Yes, and it, there's like a video playing on a loop, and it says, <laughs> you can use oh, this to eat your pets, and, and, and you they normally use this to wash out your walls, and you can uh...
1: And they normally come on at two o'clock in the morning, between yeah. two and six o'clock. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. So, or a home base. So that is exactly the sort of solicitor. Mm. It specialises in everything from plagiarism, to conveyancing, to <laughs> to adoption, everything. Does Joe have a secret stash of money in the cider shed, and will... That enabled the Grundies to buy back Grange Farm permanently. Mm.
1: you got to think, though, that Joe is going to have a stash of money because he's been tight all his life. As He's never bought a pint in the book. But he buys actually. his
2: backy, doesn't he? With his pension. Yeah.
1: mm Oh, I don't know, and and I, and I think we've just pushed this one into the long grass. We know that Joe is is going to be around for a few years yet.
2: I was going to say the biggest shock is the bugger's still alive. I don't think we need to dwell any further on them. When his demise is,
1: and you'd think right that when Joe, so I was going to say when Joe kicks it, then the the farm becomes I was going to say Ed's then, but it's just nonsense. It's just a tenancy, isn't it? So yeah. Yeah, yeah so then just be there forever.
2: Yeah.
1: Don't need to buy it. No. That question yeah. was posed, yeah. that cause posed before yeah. um, Oliver turned around and
18: says he can just live there. Yeah.
2: yeah.
18: Hello, Dumpty Dum. It's Glenn here. Really loved last week's episode of the podcast, Dissecting the Trial. Uh, I thought it was really well acted the whole way through. Thought the first four days were really well written. Uh, lost its way a bit with the tweeting juror and the jury scene uh, on the Sunday didn't really work for me. I thought we learned a lot more about the prejudices of the jurors than how they reached the result, but it was the right result. So great, we can all move on. And we did move on, and what a week we had in Ambridge. Uh, never in the field of soap opera can so many threads have been picked up, so many loose ends tied, tied down, and so many issues wrapped up in so few episodes, um, culminating in Friday's episode where the Dark Lord was dealt blow after blow from the avenging Jedi Knight that was Judge Loomis with his legal lightsaber. And then Kirsty and Tom, even more enthusiastically, picking up the threads of their relationship. Um, I did wonder when they went inside whether Kirsty would have shouted, um, Hi, Roy. Just bought Tom home for a quick bit of you-know-what upstairs. Um, It is a very small house, I think, where Kirsty and and Roy share. But uh, anyway, um, was it all credible? Well, um, I think it was a week where we just had to go with the flow. And uh, in an ambridge where Caroline and Oliver can find a few hundred thousand euro down the back of a sofa, well, anything is clearly possible. So hopefully all Dante Dummers out there are having a good Ambridge week. I wish you all um, a very good Ambridge week coming up. And as always, a big thank you to Lucy, Royfield and all the team for creating this magnificent podcast.
2: Yes, Glyn says, if Kirsty brought Tom home, Mm. it's a small house. Was Roy on the night shift? Was he just sat there with headphones on, catching paintings? They fell off the wall. I mean, what was going on? Yes. Mm. It's a bit tricky, that, isn't it? I presume he's still doing a night shift. And um, is Doodle still there? What's her face? Phoebe. Phoebe. Doodle. Isn't she off in Oxford? Oh, yes. She would have gone by now, wouldn't she? Mm. Maybe Mm. enjoying
1: Freshers' Week or something.
2: Yeah. And now, you know, Tom's wandering around in his undercrackers in the morning. It'll be like Toby and Pip all over again when Josh But you know what,
1: though? What?
2: Anyhow... Let's
1: say Tom walks out of Kirsty's bedroom, you know, seven o'clock in the morning, sees Roy in the landing. Roy's going to high five him. Yeah. Fist bump him.
2: Yeah. And that's yeah. what's going to happen. Yeah. Ooh. Because also, uh, Roy will see it as, right, if there's hope for them, there's still hope for me and Hayley. Absolutely.
1: Mm. Absolutely.
2: Yeah. Now, Steve. Bye-bye, 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 Steve.
10: To admit Steve here. I'm with Lucy. I thought the hour long special was just appalling. It was badly written, badly acted, so many caricatures of people. It was just of vomit inducing. I really didn't like it. I thought it was a real lost opportunity to do something really good. But never mind. A couple of things. The Grundy's again on my nerves. Why Oliver Sterling's let them run riot in his farmhouse is beyond belief. I know he's got a soft spot for Joe and haven't we all, but, you know, come on, they're going to wreck the bloody place. They're a disaster area, they really are. You know, Eddie's just such a bloody scumbag, it's unbelievable. I know he's funny, but, you know, if you had those living next door to you, it'd be a nightmare, really would. They get on my bloody wick, they do, the Grundys. Clary's okay. Apart from her emphysema. That gets on my nerves as well. Sorry I'm a bit grumpy this week. I don't know why. But there you go. Royfield put a few specials out and said... This is the sort of counselling that Helen wants. I'm not sure she needs any counselling. I think she's come to terms with what's happened. She seems fairly strong. And after the Friday episode where she got essentially what she wanted... The boys with her and very limited access for Throb. I think she's, a, you know, the last thing she wants is some new age hippie weaving yoghurt and talking down to her and putting doubts in her head. Nah, she doesn't need counselling at all. Nah, counselling's rubbish. Rubbish, rubbish, rubbish. OK, bye-bye. Love you all. Moi. Bye-bye, 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 bye-bye. Mm, bonkers.
2: Bonkers. Very grumpy. Yeah. Doesn't like the Grundies. Boo! And says Helen doesn't need counselling. My God, man, of course she needs bloody counselling. She's been an attempted murder charge. She had people trying to take away her children. She's been under psychological abuse for two years from a raving lunatic. If anybody needs counselling, it's Helen. Mm. And possibly you too, Steve. I'm not sure. <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, I think you are sure, Lucy. <laughs> Steve, you need counselling, sir. Help, now, help. Steve, right, I know that we've got this kind of confident Helen Back, or we've got a confident Helen anywhere, but that confidence cannot come completely at the point of a knife in someone's innards. absolutely what she's been through, she will need some form of it's not to say that she's all going to be put back together, it's all going to be all right, but just to unburden herself of actually what she's been through and just actually just to talk to somebody absolutely is what she needs and um, and I know you kind of slightly said it in a, in a humorous way but almost I take it that you kind of belittle the experience that, that she went through this is a drama so I'm not getting ahead of myself and saying it was all, it was all kind, of, kind of true to life but no um, anybody that's been through that even just spending the last three months in prison you're going to need to sit down and talk to somebody
2: yeah somebody neutral as yes, well yes yes yeah Yeah. Yeah. Andrew Horne. And
13: Greetings, Earthlings. Andrew Horn here, calling in after an absence of a few weeks whilst the trial all happened. I just want quickly to defend the writer for the jury episode. Um, I know um, it sounded a bit clunky, and it was a bit clunky, but it was very difficult to try and establish um, 11 new characters very quickly uh, so we could understand what their agendas were. To do it quickly so that it didn't get in the way of the drama too much. So I did feel sorry for the for the writer there, and I didn't take it as laziness um, on uh, his or her part. Um, anyway, this week has been lovely, light, fluffy, and giddy, um, with little bits of uh, of, of court action. Um, I'm glad Joe has managed to uh, call off his hunger strike. Uh, although I am surprised that the uh, the shock of the announcement didn't kill him. I still don't think he's long for this world, but maybe that's just me. In the lightened mood, there have been uh, the scriptwriters have been uh, let off the leash again. So, um, the, the, uh, the much commented gentleman's uh, buttonhole isn't the only one. As we ended on a high with um, Tom being asked to come inside Kirsty, so um, oh, sorry, come inside by Kirsty, and I am um, glad that uh, they're getting together, even if it's it's only today, it's only in the moment. We shall see. Anyway, I'll ring in soon.
2: Standing up for the writers of that bloody jury episode. <laughs> he said, <laughs> bless him. He said they had to establish 11 new characters um, very quickly so we could understand what their characters were. There was about seven. Were. But,
1: there was a, there were a few silence for a yeah, start off.
2: But, but he said, because it's a drama. And, but but the, dra- the drama came purely out of the characters. There was no other drama. So they could have been a little bit more delicate with letting the characters develop, rather than just dolloping them on like they're in a sticker book and mm. saying, you know, oh, you know, Mrs. What's it, the Muslim, and Mrs. Thing, the the libertarian, and all this, you know, it's it, they could still have been finer about it because it was the character. It was the characters that brought the drama. It wasn't like there was anything else happening. That was the drama, and that's where the tension was supposed to have come from. And it it was just, you know, Mm. there wasn't very much tension because the characters were so, as you would say, broad brush, Mm. Roy. You know,
1: I think the more I think about this, and without wanting to damn anybody, um, I try not to think about that post-drama, a post post courtroom uh jewelry yeah. scene drama. It just needed to be longer. It needed yeah. to be able to breathe much more. Yeah. Um so the pacing could have been a little bit more believable. But also yeah. that you you things didn't have to be um laid on with a trowel in terms of kind of personality. It could have been a little bit more subtle. Mm-hmm. And also having it maybe another thirty minutes longer, you would have um, much, much more been able to understand um the, the motivations of of the various characters in a much more kind of considered way you know yeah. but it it just needed to be longer it just needed to be longer and i just think it needed um you you needed that the misogynist nigel havers to say you know what i'm wrong or mm. or to have that emotional breakdown as of what happens in 12 angry men I don't have to keep on re- repeating yeah. repeating myself here but there's a reason why that film has gone gone through the annals gone through the ages it's because it's the most masterful set of plotting forget yeah. the absolute just the writing the dialogue the way it's plotted is absolutely amazing yeah. and they set out to copy that and it was a pale imitation
2: uh with a spoon
4: Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here, we're in the middle of a glorious holiday on Cape Cod, where it's been sunny and warm every day. Hope you've been enjoying the photos. No black clouds were sighted over Pat and Tony's house on Friday, as the Bridge Farm branch of the Archer clan were celebrating, as were all of us. It was odd. I felt genuinely happier hearing the custody news than I did hearing the not guilty verdict on Sunday. Perhaps it was because Judge Loomis, who both pronounced the custody decision and told it like it was when it came to Rob, it was as if God had stood upon high, pointed down at him and announced, "'Rob, Titchener, you are truly and really a bastard.'" And the people rejoiced. Never mind that Judge Loomis had just presided over Helen's criminal trial. It does smack of a conflict of interest. But that's for one of our legal eagles to dissect. I recall that months ago I had talked about how we, the listeners, needed an ending, much like the happy conclusion of a Jane Austen or Charles Dickens novel. I wonder if this is how the scriptwriters planned it, Or was the threat of an international boycott of the archers, if Rob was not made to suffer, enough for them to tie the endless story up with a nice bow? Now, is this really the end of the story? Or is this merely a little rest stop for us to collect our breaths? Maybe Rob's pathological narcissism will still lead to some awful outcome. I don't know. My crystal ball is hazy, but I'm not going to worry about it now. We have another week of vacation and I'll continue to enjoy it as much as Caroline and Oliver will enjoy their Tuscan villa. Talk to you next week.
2: Yes. Good old Judge Loomis. It was like a judgment from on high. And it was like he was saying, we've now seen it all. There's nothing left to hide, Rob. You know, everybody knows everything, except they don't because they still don't know about um, the flipping. who's um, uh, just walked in. Out. Tilly, she's come in, taken a piece of paper and gone out again. Oh, right. um,
1: It's like a comedy sound effect to your door. I know.
2: <laughs> <laughs> d on it. it's quite noisy, isn't it? Mm. Uh, yes, I know. Huge relief. Maybe Nob- you want
1: one profession. of those like, liquids you can get from home base, which is like three in one or something. Yes. Funnily Usha enough.
2: Usha Gupta special. Um, Fiona is she Pat- uh, Usha Gupta Franks? No, she's Usha Franks. Is she? Yeah.
1: Oh, yeah. I didn't know.
2: Fiona Powell.
7: Hello, I'm Fiona. I'm a first-time caller-innerer, although I've been a dumpty-dum listener for some time. I currently live in the middle of nowhere, Pennsylvania. I moved to America from Somerset nearly 30 years ago. As far as what kind of listener I am, I recently worked out that I'm a Perks Lewis Hathaway. I first started listening in my nan's kitchen and I remember young Sid Perks moving into Ambridge from Birmingham, I think. Then I began listening in my own right around the time that Pat Lewis visited her uncle Hayden. She had a lovely Welsh accent then, and I wish she'd kept it. I remember exactly where I was when Tony proposed to Pat. I was sitting in my car in Wales watching sheep. I moved to America in the late 1980s, and for quite a while, The only archers I heard was when friends remembered to record the omnibus and send me the cassette tapes, and they usually forgot. Finally, the combination of a trip home and the availability of the archers on my computer made me a regular listener once again, and that was about the time that Tim and Siobhan Hathaway settled in Ambridge, which makes me a Perks Lewis Hathaway. I work now as a radio producer and an on-air host, which is a posh name for a classical music DJ, for the local NPR affiliate. Before coming to America, though, I was a shepherd. I studied agriculture at college and got qualified in farm management. I worked on dairy farms. I worked on pig farms. I've raised chickens. I've driven tractors. But mostly, I took care of sheep. I even taught Various shepherding tasks at agricultural schools, such as Brymore, which is where the late John Archer went to school. I'm finding Pip more than a bit irksome of late. She thinks she's God's gift to farming, which she clearly isn't. And I think she may be heading for a self-inflicted bruising. I hope that it's only her ego that gets damaged
2: and nothing else. So that's me done for now. In the wilds of Pennsylvania...
1: She's a very clever woman, this Fiona Powell.
2: She is, and she's mm. a Perks Lewis Hathaway. She mm. said when <laughs> Pat first came in the thing in the series, she she had a very strong Welsh accent, which has vanished. Look, you, there's lovely. How odd. What did you say? I said how odd. Yeah, isn't it?
1: It's a different Pat, though, isn't it? It's not the first Pat. Is it not? Is it? I, I don't know.
2: No, I, I think it is the first Pat. Oh, is it? Yeah.
1: Ever have, since ever since I've been into the archer she's never had a Welsh accent and no. I was actually surprised when we started doing Dum-Dum-Dum and somebody said Pat's Welsh I was like really but <laughs> then again you if you're from <laughs> round about Wrexham way in real and kind of brecon you know the center bit of Wales and the northwest northeast sorry they sound very english anyway yeah but she had a Welsh accent is yeah. the point there?
5: Hello Dumpty Dum, it's Sam here. I've been absent without leave for a very long time. I haven't been listening to The Archers because it all just got a little bit too much, which meant that I wasn't really listening to Dumpty Dum, although you'll be glad to hear I did hear one on the train from New Haven to Grand Central Station in in, uh, early July as I was coming home from my holiday. Anyway, I'm on the sofa with a big bag of frozen peas on my swollen, operated on knee, feeling a bit sorry for myself, so no change there and um, I just wanted to say that I have listened this week because I heard that it was safe to get back in the water and I'm very glad I did because I've been listening in floods of tears. I really just wanted to say how very glad I am that not only Helen is home but that we're all home because I feel like
2: I am now too. Sam Dean is listening again. Hurrah! Hurrah. And I'm sorry about your well, I'm not sorry about your knee because it's going to get better very soon. Now it's been up to the her knee. She's got poorly knees for a long time. She has to have a mild operation now. Oh, and then okay. she has to have to full on smash it up and put it back together again later on. Ooh, uh. Which is going to be really serious. So uh, but she's relieved that she has nice archers to listen to now because everybody's home where they should be. Yes, mm. the Grunders are back in Grange Farm. Um, Helen and the boys are back at Bridge Farm and everyone's in the right place. Hoorah! Yokel Bear.
19: Hello, dumb stomach. Yokel Bear here calling from Yokel Shire. It's been a bit weaker catharsis really, hasn't it? Everything being put right again. Helen get the kids. And I loved, I loved the fact that you see a bit of the old Pat back. A bit of fighting spirit from Pat. That little confrontation with Ursula. I loved it when Ursula said, how dare you speak to me like that, Pat. But Pat's already like, yeah, I'm done with you. Yeah, that's just, that's just wonderful. Obviously... As you know, I'm a bit of a cheerleader for Team Joe. So, it was a good week, really, wasn't it, for Joe? Um, yeah, really loved the fact he gets to stay at Grange Farm. Though I tell you what, script writers, if you're going to pull that thing where, you know, there's a happy bit and then you bump him off, I'm going to lose my shit, to be honest with you. Because, you know, we all love Joe. Though, also in that scene, didn't know Oliver was so handy with the ferret. Hmm. So, yeah, it's a pretty good week, I thought. Yeah, and I think it's... It feels as though the all the misery of what's happened up till now—it felt—it's it's lifted a little bit. Um, still don't know what to make about Tom and Kirsty. Part of me thinks, "Oh my God, it's going to be a disaster." On the other hand, do you know what? It kind of makes sense hmm don't know is out with me on that one let's see how it goes Eh.
2: lovely to hear the old pat back he says with or without being welsh um yes she had a nice go at ursula didn't she that was quite nice she doesn't have to be nice to her anymore i did like the clunk of the door in rob's face when he said could i just look at him through the window no goodbye bang great
1: you know what What? and i had to check myself here if that was me and I'm wrong here I would have actually closed the door but showed him the baby through the window I actually really have, yeah but I, I, and I'm saying I'm wrong but I, I'm saying I that? know I know but I know maybe I'm just not... too soppy I'm too so but, but no you know I wouldn't have you know what you're right you're right you're right because actually I'm thinking too much with, with my rational brain which I still yeah. think is actually wrong but actually if it had been my daughter absolutely, yeah. I wouldn't have
2: you would have got him by the. No,
1: no, 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 I wouldn't have. Yeah. You're right. You're right. You're right. Oh, yeah. thank God for that. Yes. You know me better than I know myself. <laughs>
19: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Andrew. Thank <White>. you,
1: Lucy.
19: <laughs>
2: That's all right, my love. Andrew White.
19: Good afternoon, Lucy Royfield, and all Dumpty Dummers out there in. Archer's Land. Uh, This is Andrew White calling from Portland, Maine. Been a while since I've called in. A white PWM on the Twitters. On to more um, prosaic things. I wanted to submit uh, a name for uh, possible consideration for the Honorable uh, John Archer. Um, That is my husband John, who is a John Degon. Um, And third, uh, if I've understood the rules of the game correctly, I believe I'm a Charlie Thomas uh, in terms of my uh, archersness. That is the character that was getting a lot of play uh, when I first started listening. Thanks for all you do. What a wonderful opportunity to listen and to be part of this community and uh, take care. Has a nomination for
2: Order of the Johns, his husband. Oh, yes. So John Deegan is John the what? Right. I'm going to... I stop think there.
1: we're... At, I think we're about 12. I think 12. we're at 12. So, you're John the 12th.
2: Oh, I think we've got further than that, you
1: know. No, no.
2: All right, you know what? Stop there,
1: because I think...
2: No, if we have an outraged caller in there next week, going, okay, what the bloody hell are you giving away my title for? I am John the 12th. <laughs> no, we'll just gradually work our way up until all when all the right, cool. emails stop, right. then we'll that we've reached peak John. Um... Debs in Germany. What? You got a call from Germany? Yes. Good heavens.
20: Hi, Royfield and Lucy. I'm a first time caller in error. Well, I might be a second time caller in error because I can't quite work out how to work speakpipe yet. I am an army wife in Germany. My name's Debs, and my Archers listening vintage is that my first memory of the Archers was when Clary was complaining to Eddie saying, my lips is numb with kissing. When they were courting before they even got married. So that kind of shows you how old I am. The arches have been a huge part of my life. I've moved around the world as a pads brat, which, which is what we call army children, and now being married to one. And the arches has kept me with my links to the UK, uh, which is what Sarah Thornton said in your podcast last week. Two things I just wanted to say. I think we've all been a little bit harsh about Pat, me included. I get really fed up with her hand-wringing. But when I think about it, all she's done is voice to her nearest and dearest that she's let Helen down. The fact that five million of us are agreeing with the fact that she's let Helen down is irrelevant. What I hope she doesn't do... Or turn around to Helen and say, oh, this is all about me and it's not about you and I feel so dreadful. She needs to park that now and get on supporting her daughter and she might well do. The other thing that I get really, really cross about this week was the social worker saying that's it. He's abusive. He's disgusting. Henry's got to get out now. Well, this is a family court hearing. Why wasn't that ever raised before? They were quite happy to leave Henry with him for the last six months. So why suddenly now is the social worker being the Ambridge fairy and getting him out? Anyway, love the podcast. Thank you so much for doing it. And it just increases my Archer's Listening podcast pleasure so much more. Have a good week. I'm sure it's not all over yet.
2: Take care. Bye. Why wasn't it raised before? Do we know we're in Germany?
1: No. Should I say Deb's in Germany?
2: Yeah, she's uh, she's on a military base somewhere. Heavens, she said. Why wasn't it raised before by the social worker? If you know, if Rob's so terrible, how come Henry was left with him for ages? But I guess you've explained that, haven't you? Absolutely, in the, in the, yeah. Before, yeah. That lady said, it, yeah, that still seems extraordinary to me. Now we have end of the calls. Hooray! That was a lot of calls. Thank you for listening. Now Ryan Tring in trivia corner. He mm-hmm. doesn't even listen to the archers. But he's a friend of mine and his missus is a very good friend of mine and the artist is often on when he's in the room. And as he's an analytic, he's like one of the QI elves, Ryan. Um, and he picks up things in the credits and he's always the one who spots when people have been on, you know, mm-hmm. strange programs, obscure programs. He said Loomis, mm-hmm. Sam Loomis was the boyfriend of Marion Crane, played by Janet Lee in Psycho. So he thinks that's a hint that Rob is a psycho. We're kind of gradually. It was. It was sort of taking us that way. Um, that we had John uh, Loomis who comes in to save somebody from a psycho. Oh, that was quite interesting. Right, Barry. email from Feek. This is my email of the year. Feek, subject: Message following the results of the trial and the custody hearing. Mm. Message body: Yay! That's it. <laughs>
1: sorry I missed that
2: are you kidding me the whole thing
1: uh, can you just say it again please
2: okay what's the matter nothing alright this is from Feek yes it is my email of the year Mm-hmm. subject mm-hmm. message following the results of the trial and the custody hearing yes message body yay that's it <laughs> <laughs>
1: I was I was slightly distracted and right. I, I slightly missed the punchline
2: okay but well, that was a bunch of... That. Anyway, right, next, Paul Robinson.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I've just been listening to this week's podcast called Walking from the Docks. Yes, in the Surrey Hills, and heard you suggest that Rob may appeal the verdict. He can't. The case was brought by the Crown, and Rob was just a prosecution witness. Mm. It was not his case. On another subject, why do the Grundys always refer to number one, the Green? They all know where number one is, so why give it the full address? Paul, not from Lassiter's, Robinson.
1: But then again, I say I, I address you as Lucy V. Freeman. Yes, I could just call you, Luce. That doesn't you can really answer work. Answer the phone does it? and
2: say hello, Lucy V. Freeman. Don't you? Yes. You get into a habit of calling. Yeah. Something a certain. Yeah. Thing. Yeah.
1: On the face of it, he has a point, but actually, <laughs> it's just a convention They just call it that. Who cares?
2: <laughs> Look, if we're going to start saying if we start putting no, on that, no, 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 no. I, I don't mean, I don't that.
1: mean who cares like who cares i mean it's just that's just just what they call
2: it so it's you know it's just number one the green it's not a thing it's not a reason yeah it's just just, Mm. Sarah from southern Tasmania here Ooh, okay first time emailer in a farmer agricultural research i don't know anything
1: about southern Tasmania
2: no
1: other than it's far away from Hobart because that's the other
2: end she said, being such a new listener means the only character to have been introduced since I've been listening is Baby Jack, and I'm not sure if a sound effect track really counts. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I thought it was very clever of Rob to take the oath rather than affirmation. I'm pretty sure that the devil swearing by God cancels itself out, and therefore he can tell such blatant lies in court. You know what? I completely forgot. I didn't even know
1: this was a thing. I didn't know there was oath and affirmation. affirmation I, yeah, this is all new to yeah, me.
2: yeah. 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 Um, although I understand the housing issues in rural England, I have to say, if we had the Grundys' tenants, they would have been evicted with no chance of getting their bond back. On the Pip and Toby front, if Pip wasn't aware of Rex's feelings, then she's a bit dense. If she is aware, then she really needs to think about the ramifications of dating Toby. For the elderflower cordial index, locally produced elderflower concentrate is currently fourteen dollars sixty Australian dollars for three hundred seventy-five mil. Hmm.
1: I've had no idea what the Australian dollar is to the pound. No, but we'll, we'll have to
2: add that into the spreadsheet and that will mess oh, everything up again. That's,
1: that's another thing, Lucy.
2: What? Oh, Chris... and also Robert Wilson sent us one. Oh, um...
1: You're going to let me lose my, my train of thought now. $2.69. Oh,
2: for OK. Beaver, uh, Beaver elderflower Cordial in wherever he is. He's with you, isn't he? He's in, oh, in Chicago. Chicago
18: he is.
1: Mm. Um, oh, Christine Auckland... Is mm. also people are going to be able to plot on their map where they've seen elderflower cordial and the price oh, of the cordial.
2: Excellent. My God, that will save me days of work.
1: Exactly,
2: because my map is frankly getting out of control. You what don't, have a, you don't I, have a map. map Lucy. Lucy, like, you don't have a map, Lucy.
1: Lucy, you don't here. have a map.
2: Serial killer. You don't
1: have a map. I know people like to paint vivid pictures when they listen to this podcast oh, think but let's just a, a, let's just you don't a map, have a map you have no a... documentation <laughs> where you have all this elderflower cordial stuff all put together
2: at my fingertips R-
1: okay then alright then what's the highest price we've ever had for any elderflower cordial
2: uh, is that 14, your
1: fingertips $14.92 oh, crap
2: <laughs> yes and
1: where was that then
2: I've no idea i made that up mm,
1: <laughs> exactly <laughs> At my fingertips, <laughs> ah, Don't lie to the listeners, Lucy. Sorry. Oh, uh, we got to the end of the emails. We
2: have. Yeah, all right, we smashing.
1: Have... Oh, you know what, everybody. Oh, no.
2: oh. Well, we no, we haven't, but we'll do it next week because this show is going to be about three days long it again. Is.
1: Again, though. To be fair to me,
2: mm-hmm. let's and you, be fair to you and
1: you. No, I'm saying and you. Okay. Actually, last week's show was not as half as long as I thought it was going to be. Oh, good. Yeah, we were we were quite restrained in our analysis and um, I, I chopped little bits and pieces out and it wasn't actually that long. Oh, good. Right. And you know this because, of course, you listen. Yes. You're such a liar. When's the last time you listened to a Dumbie Listen. I and did. I listened honest. to the you... end of this one. Oh, the end?
2: Yeah. Because everybody said that they were crying when Survivor came on.
1: well. The the Rocky theme music.
2: What? No. Survivor.
1: Eye of the Tiger.
2: What are you talking
4: about? Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com
0: Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
2: Survival by Destiny's Child.
1: I know, but Survivor also did Eye of the Tiger.
2: Oh. Anyway. Should we do
1: Tweets of the
2: Week
1: now? No. Let's have an ad break, come back to Millie Bell, and then we can go and have some Tweets of the Week. Thank you very much, please.
4: When you don't have a roof over your head.
10: Build that wall. Build that
12: wall. There was nothing marked classified on my emails, either send or receive. Build that
20: wall.
19: I am humbled to have been
11: chosen by the Conservative Party to
19: become its
11: leader.
9: Britain is just a small island that no one pays attention to. A
19: former colony won the right to determine its own
1: destiny. Hello and welcome to Mid-Atlantic, the show where we look at the news and the views from one side of the ocean from the perspective of the other. Do
6: you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Cath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith cloths offer you. Available from Sainsbury's for The Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum.
3: going to start this week's uh, report with something from the forum by Witherspoon. He said he would get right to the point, why shouldn't Helen get primary, if not full, custody of Henry and Jack now? Helen lost custody because she was placed in jail without bail. The previous custody battle was between Rob and Pat Tony because Helen wasn't around. Now, Helen has been found not guilty and has been released from jail. She's living with her parents and will have a much more supportive environment than Rob will have. At the moment, Rob has a job to go to and a mother who will be returning home. And obviously, there are now two allegations of rape against him. He has admitted violence towards Helen and the episode of mental cruelty against Henry, the shocking soft toy allegations which we know to be true. It seems like a no-brainer, but will it be? The reason I'm reading that out is it just created such a great conversation on the forum and was a really good example of people jumping in and getting involved. Of course, we now know the result, but uh, up until then, uh, it was a great way to get involved. And I'd just also like to draw you to a link that I put onto Facebook, uh, onto our site, and it's called Hear the Angsty Screams of the Family Lawyers. Now, I'm no kind of lawyer, but lots of things in the second, in the custody uh, case, just did not ring true. And uh, the, Lucy Reed, who has written this article, has just explained it so well. So really, really suggest that you go there um, and have a read if you're interested. Now, we've also had a bit of a chat on Facebook about Kirsty. Really, Kirsty? Really? Um, and it would seem that a lot of people were unsurprised. Some people are like, who cares, there'll be a wedding. Uh, and other people are like, yep, Kirsty just run for the hills. Some people have also pointed out that uh, this is the new term, so it doesn't really count. Good point. And so if you'd like to get involved with Dee Leary and Rachel Hanna, Pam Crookshank, Quentin Bennett, Christine Scantleberry, Rachel Kennedy... Karen Cunningham, Alexandra Orpool, Terry Gardner, Diane Telford, Rachel Louise, Leslie Greaves, Peter Mabel, and more. Jump onto our Facebook page, please. I'd also like... Oh, the other thing is that Andrew Horn posted up uh, something about... uh, So that we have some addresses of people at the uh, BBC. Oh, I nearly said the ABC then. The BBC, so that we could try to get more actors onto Dumpty Dum. So please jump onto the Facebook forum, have a look on there, find an address of someone that you think you might like to write to and uh, just ask nicely, could we please have some of the actors on to Dumpty Dum because we really get a lot out of that uh, and the last thing I just wanted to bring your, to your attention is we are having a lot of problems with uh, people hacking our website and we do need to put some work into this and unfortunately that's going to cost a little bit of money and I know Roy Phil was very uncomfortable asking for money but can I I beg of you, please, if you get onto the Facebook page, I've put a link on there that works. Uh, You just need to donate. Say, I donated £5. I don't know what that is in real money, but I donated £5. It wasn't much that he was asking. We could all do that. We can make sure that our Dumpty Dum is protected as well as possible. So, as usual, I encourage you to get involved with Facebook where you can... uh, Talk with me and many, many others. We have a lot of uh, like lurker likers and a lot of very active people on Facebook. Uh, so jump onto Facebook, uh, just look for us, uh, Dumpty Dump on Facebook, or go onto our website, dumptydumpty.com, and look for forums. Get involved there because, as Royfield and Lucy say again and again, without you, there is no program, and we want the program. So until next week, hoorah!
1: Thank you, Miss Bell. Uh, now Lucy, right. yep. hit us with your tweets.
2: Uh civil disobedience said this is about Nigel Havers in the jury thing. Every mm. middle aged woman in the country has taken Havers off their wood. <laughs> 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 um real Scott Veg. Said, being a farming show, I'm hoping for actual pitchforks when they finally run Rob out of town. That's going to be a very Mm. good moment. Mm
9: -hmm.
2: Andy Rushton said, just had a call from, quote, John Archer, quote, in an Indian call centre. I tried to talk about sausages, but he just wanted my bank details. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, Kay Engels I am loving the valiant work... What? Carl Engels? Not Carla K. Oh,
1: anyway, it's Karl Marx anyway, wasn't it? Mm,
2: I'm loving the valiant work the Archers is doing, highlighting men's confusion in the face of women's enthusiasm for no-strings-attached sex. (laughs) 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 And... uh, This is from Eddie... This is the best Twitter name I've ever heard. Eddie Izard's beret... Also known as Nanny Sheila Six, um, said, "Given that Phil also died in his chair, elderly Ambridge residents well advised to steer clear of chairs. <laughs> <laughs> you Keep know moving, Joe. Don't even bend your knees. It'll all be mm. over." <laughs> so there we are.
1: Right. You know what? We've had a good little back and forth, you and I, in this one, haven't we? We've had a row. Well, hmm. but I've actually conceded, half conceded a slightly a point to you on yeah, a historical front.
2: It. Yeah.
1: But I think it just shows you that I'm the bigger person because whenever I say something it's and just you not just
2: often you get to say you are the bigger person. <laughs>
9: <laughs> Sorry.
1: You know what, Lucy? <laughs> right. You know how to how to wound a man, don't you? <laughs> I'm not that small. <laughs> and anyway, the Dumdy listeners have, have an image they like to like to project. Don't, do they, don't... Think,
2: do they think you're like six foot three and? Oh, you know muscles?
1: what? Whatever. Dumdy dot com. Go there. We got a shop. <laughs> <laughs> we've got a forum. And oh, the forum sprung back into life. Everybody. Has it? Yes. Because the you know a couple of weeks ago I did say that the forum was was a little bit dead, and that was because of. Uh, it was so slow, and we're gonna come on to things that we need to do and have actually been start to be done on our website. But go to dumdum.com, we've got a shop, we've got a forum, it's awesome, and Laura Jackson is gonna help us to do much, much, much more besides on our website. So go there. Um, now, iTunes reviews. I've been asking you for ooh, uh, the last few months to please put you back into doing some reviews. And reviews, we have them in spades, so much so that we got to number eight in the UK film and TV podcast iTunes charts.
2: Blimey. Um, yes, so we need to thank... Sorry, Simon just put my dinner in then and I got a bit confused. Ah, so we need to thank from the United Kingdom, Ali 1804, Barbara HW and JTWWWEW, w. E. W., who asks, who chooses the music for each caller in a um it's a mixture of me
1: and then now kind of them um people demanding their own yeah and well yes andrew horn um, <laughs> saying that I want I'm horny, horny, horny and then Goddess, Diva etc, uh, etc et but at, but at the start it was very much at my largesse but I opened the floodgates when I let in my lovely Vicky Cole who I've got a massive soft spot uh, when I basically set put on um, The line Sleeps tonight everybody's like well if Vicky Cole's having one well I want mine <laughs> blah, 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 blah you know anyway so um, there's your answer now over in Ireland Miss Otis Put down her guineas to pen a review in the U.S. of A. In the U.S. of A., the Reverend Herbert Layfield said, Dum-de-dum is funny, insightful, informative, and kind. It's so en- it's as English as it gets."
2: And that is saying something from somebody called the Reverend Herbert Layfield, which is the most English name I've ever heard. Um, back over the water on cloud twenty-nine five Stardust. Thank you very much. And Metal D said we are wonderful back in Trumpland, Florida flow, found the time to head to iTunes and back in Blighty. Special diet also bigged us up. You can read my stuff out better than I can. And I wrote it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, this dyslexia is a curse. From the colony that got away, Simpanda commented... That it's a great podcast. I have a friend who never misses this show even though she stopped listening to the archers. Bah <laughs> from the land of leaks at Tiny
2: Ray Ray, iTuned Us. Over in Brexit Britain, Mrs. Chev put a steadman next to her review. And broomers sixty five, who said it's wonderfully inane ramblings, a th- inane How a thoroughly entertaining podcast made by some very talented and erudite people about the reality drama that is the arch is highly recommended.
1: Now, um, I have mentioned this before, but she just really did kind of like brighten up my. I think it was my Friday. Uh, did old Christina Auckland, and I'm just going to quickly mention her again. Um, She's putting together a map which will be on our website and she's got an old proper company and she's doing all this kind of gratis uh, where dum Dummers dumbers can pin themselves to it Uh, and this all started.
2: (laughs) That's a bit odd, pinning themselves to something.
1: Pin their details. Oh, okay. Right. so um and this all started because jan from can who's a stalwart of this website is over there in vancouver and by all accounts there aren't any other vancouverites that are into dumby and the archers so and I'm, I'm sure that and just like there's the farmer down there in south tasmania we need to put Dumdy together so cornerstoneslabs.co.uk we salute you uh, the map should be ready some some point soon now to help keep our little show on the road, um, actually, um, you've been absolutely amazing this week. Uh, and we, I'm going to give you a massive roll call of everybody who's been putting their hands in the pockets to stop the bloody Russians from screwing up our website, getting the forum faster, and, and all sorts. So, um, and I'm going somewhat off, off script here, so this is going, well,
2: where is he going with this?
1: <laughs> but um, first, let's deal with Patreon, because there are two ways this can be done.
2: Uh, you can go to uh, patreon.com, search for Dumpty Dum, and you can donate $2 a show, which is about one pound fifty ish
1: Now, we've got some new patrons that we need to thank. The first one is Claire Howard. Um, try to make my dinner. Anne Charles. Carl Astral. Di Middleton. Miranda Johnson. And... and Laura S. So thank you for uh, thank agreeing you to... Thank
2: you very, very much,
1: Charles. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Now... Um, i tell you what I have done here, Lucy. I'm going to say at the end of the show that this is a, a, a bit of a fundraising episode. I'm going to whack that okay. at, the, at the end and then, then put it at the start of the show. Okay. All right. Now, um, we did mention this a couple of weeks ago, um, but uh, the Russians were screwing up with our website. And as I just kind of said just a couple of minutes ago, um, we've done a little bit of fundraising on Facebook Um, because of the hacking on our forum. But apart from that, um, we just do need to update the website. So um, I did kind of put out a little bit of a begging bowl asking people if they had a fiver, uh, if they could basically contribute to this because we need to pay our techie. Jesse doesn't work for free is um, he's a, he's a great guy and actually he's been working on the site kind of much more off than on uh, for free for a year and he reminded me that he'd been, he hadn't been he had been paid in, in about a year and I went okay fair enough mate and, and we do need this work to be done um, so as I said on Facebook I did say that we needed a little bit of work doing and boy oh boy oh boy did people come to um, our Aww. rescue so you know we're going to give you the massive roll call in, in a little bit um, we still do need a tiny bit of help Um, so if you would like to help us you can go to com, hit the donate button we're only asking for for a fiver um you know if you if you can't quite do that you can do you know uh, just do whatever you can uh brilliant but as i said we put out this request on i think thursday and there's a whole raft of people that we need to thank first one is bronwyn wood glenn fuller love claire Wayman, carmy helen palmer
2: lonnie j bahar Mary Darby sorry Bryn Ranyard Sarah Hydes hello Sarah Pam Crookshank she of the fabulous Dumpty Dum earlier on
1: mm-hmm.
2: Janet McKee Claire Belgard. Denise Tomlinson Valerie
1: Bayliss Leslie Greaves Jackie Rice Glenn Alderman uh, Tessa Herring Jacqueline Bertoux Hannah Barrett Claire Easter Tracy Shevin Jenny Allen Susan O'Sullivan Julie Riley Caroline McKendrick
2: Vicky Cole
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> love you, Vicky.
1: <laughs> Karen Cunningham.
2: Susan Pool. Claire Howard. Christine
1: Scantlebury. Rachel Ray. Sally Wood. Sally Bowditch.
2: Alison Smith. Jim O'Hara. Maureen Freiberger.
1: And K.R. Whitbread.
2: Oh, we love you. Thank we, you we, so we much. Love,
1: we love you lots. We love you lots. um As I said, um if you do have some spare money rattling around in your purse. Um, hit that donate button and it's all going to uh, to pay Jesse because he hasn't been paid in a year now dum dum survives on your calls so to get in contact with us you can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe or you can send us um, a message via telephone you can call us on 020 to leave us a message on that telephone if you can't do SpeakPipe on the Twitters you can find us where we're at Dum me I'm at Royfield Harriet is at Sambridges
2: Sarah Smith is at Sarah underscore Smith
1: and I am at Lucy V Freeman on Facebook we're galloping away with our with our like a 1,300 nod and uh, it's just that forum is, is on fire seriously Lucy it's like burning a blaze uh, there's people posting messages and asking questions and all sorts and cracking jokes it's awesome
0: Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.
1: <sighs> now, <sighs> yes. any parting shots before I go and eat my dinner? No, but it's the Archers, so I probably ought to go and listen. <laughs> but you know what? That's, that's a fair point. All right, Lucy V. Freeman.
2: Okay, thank you very care. much, everybody. I-
1: Thank you. Bye-bye.